0: The show is about to start in 10, 9,
1: 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2,
0: 1. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show! by the Barnum medium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey,
2: and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks!
1: <laughs> Pressure, and just dives in!
3: all right greetings and good morning welcome aboard welcome home and happy veterans day and happy 248th birthday to the united states marine corps mm-hmm. welcome to inside the gamecocks the show built by the barndo co and served by our friends at chicken cock whiskey and of course Live, always from the Cinerama Studios. It's an important day in America. The veterans every year are celebrated during tomorrow, really, November the 11th. But Veterans Day should technically be every day, if you ask me, and probably millions of others out there. So we will make sure that we shake their hands and uh, tell them thank you throughout the afternoon and throughout the weekend. The University of South Carolina will be doing just that tomorrow during halftime. Uh, with their annual salute to the troops and uh, celebration of the United States. So, can't wait for that. And um, we just cannot say thank you enough. And also, it just fall this so happens to be celebrated during the week today on the 248th birthday of the U.S. Marine Corps. And those dudes are some tough nuts, and we all know that. So, thank you all. We have a very large audience here about 10,000 of you every day listen or watch our program. And we know many of you are veterans. Uh, and have served your time uh, for the United States. And we salute you and we say thank you. We're very proud uh, to be here as well. we got Michael Flint coming up at the top of the noon hour. We'll get into some hoops a little bit later on. Carolina's got a big game tonight in Charlotte versus Virginia Tech at 930. Looking to go 2-0 to open the 23-24 season year two under Lamont Paris. Of course, we'll focus on Vanderbilt and South Carolina. We'll take our drive around the SEC. We'll make our picks in the whole nine yards. JC, JB, and Phil here until two o'clock and joined now by the former offensive coordinator of the University of South Carolina, who's been kind enough to squeeze us in uh, for some time today. And he's got a big day because G.A. Mangus will not only tee, up, tee it up here in a little while and play a little afternoon golf, but he's going to be calling a game tonight as the OC at Hammond versus Cardinal Newman Whose OC is Perry Orth? It's the rematch, huh? Do we see the connection here? Yeah, GA. Yeah, this, this is this is this is
4: a rematch. Yeah, I remember talking to uh, talking to both of them the week of that game. Actually, I was I was in Columbia and we had Perry on the show, of course, and I got a chance to catch up with GA, and that was that's always fun. Um, and they were talking about uh, I think I think I talked to GA after the game, and we we were. Texting back and forth about it, but uh, those two going at each other, and uh, you know, we all know who kind of taught them the ropes in coaching and uh, playing golf the day they had a game. Uh, that's probably something the head ball coach would be doing, right? Yeah, I, the I, I yeah, remember he was uh, remember before that Florida game when Carolina won the East, uh, he was sitting, uh, I think a reporter called him or something, and he's sitting at the Ocala. Hilton is uh, laying out in the sun by the pool <laughs> before the game. And then they contrasted that with Urban Myers. Like, we're going to prepare uh, right up until uh, uh, kickoff and all this, you know. And, and, and you saw what happened in the ballgame game, South Carolina. All that extra prep didn't really do the Gators much good that night because Marcus Lattimore ran wild and uh, real timely passes in that game to Alshon Jeffrey from Steven Garcia and then the 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 big deal was at the end when Steven ran over Will Hill in the end zone and barked at him like a dog.
3: Oh, yeah, he did. That was
4: yeah, cuz Will Hill was like big five-star recruit out of New Jersey that was part of some of those great cl- uh, I think he I think he was a recruit around the same year Steven was. So they kind of there was a familiarity there and uh you know, so that's um that's the deal. That I'll remember that fondly, but I always remember them talking about Spurrier just sitting out that I'm just getting a tan. Hey guys, it's nice weather today. Yeah, um, I, I remember going to that game. My Ex-wife and I drove down, and we stayed in Jacksonville and drove back to, through Waldo and and all that good stuff. And Gainesville, one of the cool things to do if you ever go there and you don't want to, if, if you're going, to, if you don't want to sit up and tailgate and you're going to a tailgate or something. Um, cause we were as park at the mall and they have a bus that, that takes you down. And it was kind of surreal because like they were playing highlights from the 1996 national championship game. And we get on the bus and you hear, well, yeah, you know, we went out there and lost to FSU the first time. And then God was smiling on the Gators and you're sitting there watching you're riding back to the mall and Steve Spurrier just won the East South Carolina on that field. And so the Gator fans riding back to the mall were like, "Ah, oh, this guy, come on, man!" You know, so uh, it was it was a lot of fun and uh, and ready to go. So I think we're ready for GA now. Yes,
3: yeah. I was about to say, speaking of the 2010 uh, SEC Eastern Division title, this guy was a major part of that, Coach Mangus. And man, we're happy to see you. How you doing?
5: Great guys. How are you? Good to see you guys. So
3: yeah. JC just hit the nail on the head a minute ago. You're going. You got to call some ball plays tonight for Hammond. Uh, but you're going, but you're teeing off here just a little while. Where'd you learn that from?
5: Oh, you know, <laughs> it may it may have been a guy or, you know, that I've known for a long time. But, uh, yeah, I try, to play, I try to play on Fridays now. I, I uh, hmm. um, you know, I've been doing it all year and, and, and look forward to today, you know, for a lot of reasons, you know, the veteran, yep. you guys mentioned the veterans day, you know, my dad was a veteran. Uh, you know, we lost him in April and, and he used to love coming to the Gamecock games cause we always did a great job. And the university always did a great job of, of recognizing those guys. And it seemed like we had a home game, you know, this weekend more times than not, uh, in the seven years I was there. And my dad always loved that game, you know, when it was at home and, and, uh, you know, it was always a, a, a good weekend and he was a very proud vet, uh, army vet. And, uh, uh, this was always a special weekend for him. So, uh, uh we miss him and uh mm-hmm. but it is this is a great weekend uh to all those out there that have have served and uh, yeah. you know I look I look forward to this weekend myself every year.
3: Yeah, it's one of my it should be a holiday every day, but um but it's certainly one of my favorite holidays. It, it takes take great pride coach in uh just whenever you see a veteran I love I love saying thank you to him. Uh it means Absolutely. means something to me, man. I, so I hope other people will do that. Um all right, we we got a we got a lot of lot of stuff to to get to first and foremost, uh, but you know we'll get to the Gamecocks and all that just a little bit. I'm really anxious to get your thoughts on some of that. But did you get to spend any time with the HBC last weekend when he came up?
5: You know, I did not. Uh, we we had a you know we had the first round of the playoffs last Friday, and that the event the actual uh, official event ended at nine o'clock, um, and that was about not coach Wheeler, John wheels, who, who was a GA on the Oh nine team, you know, at South Carolina. And that's where we, our relationship goes back. Um, he said, do you want the ball first? And I said, yeah, let's take the ball first so we can try to get the running clock in the second half. i got a reunion to try to get to. And, um, we had the ball five times in the first half and we're 34, nothing and a half. We got the running clock, but I didn't get to the thing in time. So I text Connor, um, and, and, and Steven and Seth and, you know, all the guys that were that were around and, and um, said, where are we going? And we had kind of had it preset. And um, so we all went to Columbia Craft and uh, DeMarco and, and yeah. Chaz, and Byron McKnight, and, uh, you know, list goes on and on. A bunch of them came down there. It was great. It was uh, it was me and about 25 of the guys. And, and uh, it was, um, uh, you know, pretty much all the quarterbacks um, were there. Um with the exception of, uh, you know, Perry, Perry was not there. Um, they had a game that night as well. Um, and, and so, uh, it it was a lot of fun. It was, um, it was a special night. It was good to see a bunch of those guys that I haven't gotten to see. Um, you know, I stay in touch with a lot of them, especially the quarterbacks, but, uh, it was, uh, it was great to be, you know, kind of felt like the meeting room again with me, Seth, Connor and, and Steven and, and um, you know, telling, <laughs> telling old stories. Dylan, I guess Dylan was the only one not there, and he's you know obviously working, um, and and he could not get get back for at least the Friday evening. And then I was planning a member guest with my brother-in-law down at Chocessey, so I didn't go to the game on on Saturday, and and had to uh, stayed in that, in town that night, hung out with the guys, and then got up at the crack and went back to Buford. Um, so it was a it was a great weekend, and uh, hopefully, you know, we all discuss it. Just let's let's not make it. Uh, you know, ten or twelve years uh, before we all get back together again, it's something we ought to be doing more often and, and celebrate those years because it was a special time in all of our lives. The most special time, even though
3: Coach Spurrier wouldn't, he would not stand out there on that field and say he he kept he kept bringing the '69 team into it. You know, he just could he he couldn't do it. He, um, he
4: can't let go of not winning the SEC. I mean, yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Every single yeah. talk about South Carolina now. And, and look, it was a function of scheduling. I mean, because some of those teams, like, all right, I watched Georgia play Bama in 12, and they had Bama beat. And last time I checked, South Carolina beat the crap out of that Georgia team. So, yeah, so there could have been you – know, it could have happened. It was just scheduling and then, of course – the Three collapses in 14. I don't know if 14 would have matched up pretty well with Bama at all, but
5: um, yeah, you know. yeah, it would have been interesting. And, and you can sit around, and, you know, hell, we can all sit around and <laughs> it would have could have, uh, yeah, you know, for frog had wings, he'd bump his ass when he jumped lily pad to lily pad. But at the end of the day, it was uh, it was a heck of a lot of fun. And 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 but for me, it was the, the those relationships. It, we had we had a special bunch that locker room was uh was a a bunch of special kids and special people special coaches you know it's it was uh we talked about brad you know brad wasn't there and 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 uh you know we miss we miss brad and and uh but but all those guys it was it was a it was a, a a funky group of a bunch of different personalities that all managed to to get along and and have a lot of respect for each other and uh it's it's the way it's supposed to be it's the way that it's not right now it's it in this lunatic friends we call college football today it it was just you know you go back to those 2012 you know again it's just 10 11 12 years ago and um and those those guys were special and it was and it was still you know the game of why we all got into the coaching profession and 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 played the game ourselves and and uh, we had a lot of talks about that and about where it is today and and uh you know we we'd all love to to rewind it but uh uh, all we can do is share those memories of a lifetime and get together as often as we can.
3: How how is it different for you now, or is it at all when when you, you talk to them as peers and friends versus as coach and player?
5: Um, you know that's I think that's the special thing. And anybody that's you know I, I, I hate to call them outsiders, but you know people that aren't in the business um, and 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 or and or didn't play. Everybody that played understands what the locker room is all about and you know i go back with with just my relationships with coach Spurrier, you know and 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 having played for him uh, our relationship was was one and then uh he gave me my first full time job as a as a grad, graduate assistant at florida uh and and the relationship was was different than it was as a player and and got to know and then uh, you know, coming here to South Carolina and working for him and, and, and the relationship just continued to grow and be able to play golf and, and drink a beer with your coach. You know, you don't do that when you're a player. Um, you, 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 you have that respect and it's that coach player relationship. And, I, and I, I'm a big believer in that, that it's, you know, we're not we're not buddies at that time. But the, the specialness of it is that there's still that connection and, and, and as you go, you know, through life and and hopefully all of us live a full life and we get to spend much more time together, that relationship continues to grow and, and you do become friends. And it's, uh, that's the, that's the part of it that I, that I, that I love and, 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 and will always want to stay around it because the locker room is what it's all about for me. I, I don't, I, again, I just speak for myself. I don't, I don't care about everybody else's opinions and why they do it. And I do it for the locker room. I do it for the kids and, and that's right now at Hammond High School. It's uh, it's mm. being back around kids. And it kind of reminds me of 10 years ago at South Carolina. The kids are still – they want to develop. They play for the love of the game. Um, there's a respect between coaches and players and a great culture. And um, and it's uh, – hell, I'm having a ball.
3: Well, and so, Hammond, so you're going to go beat up on Perry again tonight. You've got to teach I, him another lesson, right? That.
5: Um, I tell you what, they've got a lot of uh explosive kids on their team. Um, yeah, we had a heck of a game. You know, the first go around, we ran the ball for oh, I don't know, 350 yards or something. Opening drive, we went 20 plays and had the ball for nine minutes and kept them off the field. And that's kind of 20 plays, yeah, 20 plays. We got two fourth downs and and ended up punching it in Uh, a couple of quarterback sneaks. And and uh, but it was it was a a heck of a game. and, And those guys, you know, Corey and and uh, and and Perry obviously we go way back together, and and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's fun watching them. They've done a great job there at Cardinal Newman, and and uh, you know we look forward to uh, to playing them again tonight in the semifinals, and, and and seeing seeing how it goes. So we're hosting them at home tonight at seven thirty. will be a lot of fun.
3: A lot of Gamecocks in that ballpark tonight between those two schools. That's going to be neat. And uh, and uh, yeah, I told Perry last night. I said you, you got to. I texted him and said, You know, I got mangus on tomorrow. So, you want me to, you want me to say anything to him? You want me to talk some trash? He said, Nah, he already beat my ass one time. I don't need him to do it a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he must
5: have <laughs> forgot about last year at Heathwood. It's actually been twice. <laughs> <laughs> keep score, man. Yeah, he,
3: it's, keep hard, the score. it's hard. It's yeah, hard. It's hard to beat the guy. Um, well, moving, moving on here to South Carolina. I, I, you know, one of the things when I, when I texted with you yesterday, coach, that I, I'm sure, JC, this is probably on your agenda too, that I really wanted to pick your brain on is, is the offensive line. And, you know, Carolina this week is going to start their more than likely uh 10th different offensive line in 10 games. I don't even know if I've ever seen that before. Um, and Dow, Dow Loggins is the OC there. We didn't bring you on to question Dow Loggins. I'm asking you how sure. difficult it is to, to call plays when, every week those five guys how they're so important and you don't ever know who's going to be out there I and mean, if they are out there you don't know where they're going to be what what is that like man
5: <laughs> well you know I I, I no doubt a little bit we we clinic uh together in Nashville um in uh, back in years ago uh at, at the Clint National Clinic and and uh had met a few times when he was there with the Titans and I was at Middle Tennessee State and and um, so we've we've kind of crossed paths and, and talked ball. And he does he knows what he's doing. He does a good job. And um, yeah. anybody that's that's called plays uh, like we have for for many years. You know, you you offensive lines come and go. And 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 um, you know, I, I coached the position at one point back in early in my career. And um, it, it, those guys are the best. It, it, but it's also you know I call it I kid with them. That's the last train to Clarksville. You know, once you a D lineman gets thrown over there, he's the, you know, that means he wasn't good enough to play D line. They all end up at the O line and and they're they're great guys and it's a unique fraternity in that O line. And a lot of teams, you know, there's very few teams that sit there and are happy with their left tackle all the way to right tackle. in pro football. There's not thirty-two O-line coaches that say they got an all pro at all five spots. You just don't. Um, you know, how many six foot five, six foot six? uh really good athletes are running around the planet, much less play that play football so it's it's uh it's it's tough and and the camaraderie what makes it great is when you have those five and they become cohesive and they play all the time in the years that that we've had our best offenses we have guys in Hammond high school right now i got five seniors on the on the o line they've all grown up in Hammond they've all been there for a long time and they've played, and those guys have played together, played next to each other in basically the same positions for four years. And, um, and 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 our our old lines back at South Carolina in the in the good years, you know, we had we were we were big, we were athletic, and we predominantly stayed healthy. Um, with TJ and AJ and Corey and uh, you know Brandon and I mean you just you know Matulas, we just we had the same guys that that predominantly stayed healthy all, all and that that that's key. And anybody calling plays um, when you don't have to change and 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 having, I don't know that I've ever heard of ten combinations through, what, what is this, week 10? This um, week 10, you know, man. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of that. that that's insane. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're young. I've watched it a little bit. I was at the Florida game um, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and watched, you know, when I've had time to watch. And it's, uh, you know, they're they're, they're young and, and, and need playing time. And that's a position of, of if there's ever a place for development and it's tough to play when you're young, that's the spot, especially in this league. And uh, there's just very few, very few freshmen. Have you ever seen, um, you know, young people, young getting their first snaps in the SEC that have a lot of success? It's just tough.
3: Yeah, I, I I've never, I, I couldn't imagine what it's like for a lot of those guys. I mean, Dowell trying to figure out what to. I mean, like, how does that affect you when you when you're calling plays? If you, you got a guy like Spencer Rattler, you know what he's capable of. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. can make every throw on the field, can do everything, but. But but at times, you know, you probably have to do – it's probably hard for him as an OC to have to pull the reins back from time to time just because it it, well, it ain't going it, to work.
5: It, it is, but it's also the same – like no, no different than like when Connor first came to South Carolina, you know. We, 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 we rolled out more. We sprinted out a little bit more. We moved the pocket uh, more because, you know, he was six foot. Um, he was getting used to the development stage of being more of a drop back passer, which he didn't do a ton in high school, very little actually. And so we kind of fit it. So, uh, and Dal knows it, he, he, you have to do it constantly depending on your personnel. So, um, you know, you, you, you can't make excuses when you're an OC. We, we all know that. We've all been in those situations where you have to do dial back or change. It's, I don't want to say change, you adapt, um, and that's where having the ability to know a bunch of different offenses and different ways to do things is, is, is very key because you never know who's going to get hurt. You never know who you're going to recruit. Uh, you may have one guy that runs the ball better than he passes. It may have a guy passes it better than runs it. Um, you have a guy get hurt. You got to adjust. And, and we've all been there where we try to hide one guy or maybe two guys in the O line and you have to help them. And you got to call plays where maybe you get double teams. In the run game, you got to make sure you get two double teams, especially with that guy who may be a little bit uh, a inexperienced, light in the ass, what, what, whatever. You you know what whatever the deficiency is, you got to adapt and and you've got to do it. You just can't, you know. You still got to go out there and play on Saturday. And 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 so he knows that. I mean, hell, in the NFL, you only carry eight linemen. You know, when I was coach at XFL, we had the same thing, same roster. You know, you only carry eight guys. Well, if a guy gets hurt, guess what? You know, you, you, better, you better call the plays accordingly. You chip. If it's a tackle, you've got to chip with your backs more in the pass game. Um, you, you know, if it's a guard, you, you may want to get the tackle to help him or the center to help that guard more in the pass game. Uh, if there's a, But we all do that based on yeah, – I remember we used to play Clemson, Grady Jarrett, who just got hurt. Um, hell of a player. I mean, back when they had Daquan and all those guys at Clemson, I, I used to tell all my Clemson buddies here, they'd go, Coach, what do you think? And I said, man, I'm worried about – that Jarrett kids, something else. I didn't worry about those ends. So we just zone red those guys, and hell, they never did anything. Um, <laughs> and we we never worried about them. And, and when, when we when we were beating their ass, we never worried about those guys. But I tell yeah. you what, I worried about Grady all the time. And we had yeah. to get two bodies on him in the run game. We had to make sure we had two bodies on him. So you 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 you, would, you have to adjust and you game plan for guys. Um, on defense and sometimes you got a game plan for maybe a deficiency you got on offense. And that's just, that's, that's the job. That's what you got to do. It's not easy. Um, And it's um it, it can change week to week.
3: What do you, what do you,
5: when you watch Xavier Leggett, I mean, you, you coach
3: some pretty good guys that played the wide receiver position too. Mm-hmm. You kind of know what that looks like. When you see Xavier Leggett, what do you see?
5: <sighs> a big fast guy that's coming into his own, figuring it out. You know, um, I, I think that's what, uh, you know, again, so much has been lost and there's so much that the, the world, it, it, you know, I, I hate to go bring up all but everything right. You got to have it right now. Yeah. And I and I see a got, you know, where everybody says, well, where has he been? How come we haven't gotten him the ball and all this? Well, sometimes it just takes sometimes for the light bulb to go off right on mm-hmm. different guys. And everybody's different. Some people are late bloomers. Some people are ready right away. And I just think he's coming into his own, and it's fun to see. Um, I think I think Coach Step does a great job with the wide receivers. Um, I I I I like the heck out of him, and, and have gotten to know him. Um, and those guys, you know, through I've known those guys for years, uh, and, and 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 getting to know more through the years, um, they do a great job, and I think they're. And in talking, you know, they're developers. They like to develop. That's why I coach. I like to to develop. I like to see a Dylan Thompson come in as a freshman and and throw skip balls as a, as a curl and, and couldn't even throw a curl route to the to his left without skipping it, and become you know the single season all time leading passer. As a, to to see a kid develop and work hard, that's that's what the reward is. Um, and I think you're seeing that with with Leggett right now, and he's 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 worked. Um, he's developed, um, he's had good coaching in, in my opinion. And, um, and now you're seeing the fruits of all that labor on both sides. And it's, um, I think he's got, I think the sky's the limit with him because I don't think he's hit the ceiling either. And those guys we had back, you know, you never want to get a guy at 18 that's already hit a ceiling. That's no, that's no fun. Um, they're as good as they're ever going to be. Um, and, and, and so I, 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 I see all the harbor. I mean, he's raw and and, and look at him. I mean, you're talking about a ceiling that's high. And and I just think that there's nothing but but good things for those guys in the future.
4: Jay, take us back. To, you mentioned Dylan. This is a good good thing. I, I've always been curious about this. So you, you played Vandy. Connor gets hurt. Uh, it's a war up there in Nashville. Yep. I was in the stands. <laughs> uh, yep. Dylan looked not. I, I would say less than stellar when he was in. Uh, yep. You know, and then Connor had to come back in. Marcus had the big run. You escape. Well. We don't hear from Dylan until November, and, and then it's kind of a hush-hush thing, and all of a sudden he's starting, and I remember getting a text like right before kickoff Oh my guess Dylan Thompson's starting, and he goes out and, and just lights Clemson on fire, and then through the winning touchdown pass in the Outback Bowl, and that set the stage for him to be what he was as a senior.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: What did you see through the course of that season that, that, that allowed the light to come on that much between Vandy and, and Clemson?
5: Uh, confidence. I, I think he, that's when he finally believed in himself, uh, that he could, that he could do it when he was early, he was a very non-confident. Um, I think, I don't, I, and, and I don't want to say he was, he didn't believe at all. I just, he wasn't ready to believe and, and he he, he was, uh, he was hesitant and he was, and he was learning. I mean, he, you know, he was a really good athlete. And, and a lot of people don't realize he was a little better athlete than he ever got credit for, um, you know, was a, was a good basketball player and, and uh, you know, had size 15 shoe I thought he was going to be a much bigger kid than he ended up becoming. Not that he was little by any stretch, but um, I thought he was going to, you know, possibly could even grow into a tight end, um, you know, down the road if it didn't work out. But he, he worked and you could see in practice, you know, and that's where it all happens, right? It, it, in practice, when we go to one-on-ones, he would start to check. And he he would he would change in one on ones if I if I had given him something a route and then he'd change the route based and you could see that confidence building and, and recognize uh, things. Then you still have to go play though. And, and and in the Vanderbilt game, you're right. No, it was borderline bad. Um, and uh, and and fortunately, um, you know, Connor was well enough to get back in the game. Um, and, uh, and 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 finished it off because at that time he wasn't ready. Well, but that little bit of experience and then you when things go bad, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen that good video about, you know, good, you know, when all you do is answer good, everybody gives you something, you know, golly, that was a terrible read. Good. You know, the answer is always good because something good is going to come of everything. Um, I believe that. Uh, and and I think it happened with Connor. I mean, uh, oh. he learned a ton um, and then put it to work in practice the next couple of weeks. And then you know Connor, you know, obviously got hurt, hurt that foot, and uh, um, that was one of my favorite wins, probably ever. Um, in uh, up, up there, and that performance was uh, was tremendous. And the one play that stands out to me that showed where his growth was, and and that he it was was down there in the red zone when he threw the back shoulder to uh, uh, Bruce. Uh, oh yeah, down in their end zone, and and it was a play. It was a. It was a, a deacon, um, uh, you know, lefty play, and and you know if it's if it's one high, he had to play where he played. Uh, if it's if it's four, they're, they're press. You know, Kevin loved the four press, and and if we got the press, we were going to play the deacon side. And he went back, and, and in his eyes, and he looked. He saw them close the middle, and I mean immediately with no hesitation, turned, took a quick hitch, and ripped that back shoulder straight ball. Uh, to. And I was I, – I, I think that's when we gave the low five out there about the hash. I probably should have got a penalty thrown on me. But it was uh, – that. Was, that's when you that, – that's why you coach. You know, that's the kind of stuff that uh, when you see a kid, just that light bulb go off and make a play. And I'm like, that's an NFL throw, son. That, that, that was incredible um and and a and a whole hell of a lot of fun Well, you, I just looked at that picture the other day I, th- I believe that was five wasn't it? wasn't that the five picture um in the yeah. locker room with with me and all the QBs and 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 holding the uh the trophy in there that was uh with 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 Dylan you know doing that and and, and what a great teammate I mean that was again going back to the, our first conversation that's the epitome of the locker room we had back in those days
3: I uh, I know we got to get you out of here uh I, I... It can't let you go though, without all this quarterback talk asking you about Spencer. Um, you talking about making all the throws and this, that, and the other. I mean, I, you hear all the draft projections. We'll see. We'll see how it all works out for him. I got a feeling it's probably going to be a little bit higher than some people think it is here in early November. But, man, when you watch him play, number one, how much would you have wanted to coach a guy with his ability? And, and how much have you seen him grow since he's been on campus in Columbia?
5: Oh a lot you know he's i mean when it when it's going a to b and coming out of his hand i mean he's an elite passer and has been I've watched him from afar I got to meet him this summer um talked to him at a we had a little golf tournament up in cobblestone um, back over the summer and, and got a chance to meet him and talk with him a bit uh, before we teed off and um you know i I just think he's uh i think he's he's grown and and, and shown now that you know because again he's been under a lot of pressure. Um, and, and yeah. he's done more with his feet. And I always kind of thought he was a little, you know, that he was athletic. I mean, if you go back and watch him in Oklahoma and, and, and you know, he can run around a little better than, than people give him credit for too. Um, you know, he's not that big, so, I, you know, you don't want him out there carrying it eight or ten times with design quarterback runs um, necessarily. But, um, boy, it comes out of his hand good, and I think under the circumstances uh, there's no doubt he's, I think, staying in school. For another year has been a good thing. Um, I think that I think he uh, I hope some other guys across the country that are in that process of whether they think they should come out or not maybe take a look at that because there's no doubt he's developed um, staying another year and, and he's definitely made himself um, you know a higher uh, draft status in my opinion. Um, and uh, and I, I wish him nothing but the best in the future. But um, he is uh, he is definitely an elite passer. He's got a really good group of receivers uh, when they're all healthy to, th- to throw to. And uh, uh, if you just give him a, just a hair of time, uh, he's he can do a lot with that arm. That's for sure. It's fun to watch.
3: Coach, hit them straight. I'm glad we got to catch up with you. Uh, I know that the holiday season is right around the corner, so hopefully you, you'll enjoy that. We'd love to get you back. You're one of our favorite favorites around here. You know that, and I know you're one of the favorites oh, yeah. of all the all the audience. They're always clamoring for you to, you know, they want you around more often. Yeah, you know, hey, I mean, anytime.
5: So. You guys we call get, me, man. Much yeah. love, brothers. Yes,
4: man. Sir. Hey, hey, care, go,
3: get, go get Perry tonight now. Hang 60 on him.
5: Oh, uh, wait. It's going to be fun get him straight buddy see ya. there
3: you go G.A. Mangus uh former offensive court well he'll always be an offensive coordinator the man of the game he's the man I think it's safe to
4: say he's the man that's uh, yeah that's uh that's uh always enjoy catching up with him whether it's on the show or otherwise man he is one of my all-time favorites and I think you know everybody everybody kind of always wondered like who can call the Spurrier offense because some coaches left Gainesville and tried to recreate it and couldn't and I think he's the closest thing that can go out and execute it. He's not just like the HBC because he runs. It's almost like the zone read app state thing, but with the passing tree that Spurrier came up with, it's a very creative offense. And uh, uh, there's creative? a reason. There's a reason mm-hmm. when GA was dialing him up in 2015, that offense was pretty doggone good, right?
3: Well, creative yet simple. I think that was, yeah, what oh, yeah. was always. Uh,
4: That's why high schools, He can run it in high school.
3: Yeah. 20, 20 plays. Right. <laughs> hey, I mean, I know we got to go to break, but it, it just, here. and you're right. GA is a neat dude. Anytime you text him, you get a response and, and he's always so kind and complimentary. Um, and, um, and always willing to do whatever you ask him to do. He's willing to do it. And, and yeah. certainly always wants to play golf. I know that, but, uh, but, but he, the, the, if you really listen, the, the more you listen, the more you hear some of the hbc in there yeah i'm not worried about these end guys here but that, that grady you know that yeah. the, the grady kid there in the middle he's probably he's probably got a chance so we're not worried about these other guys here you know i ain't worried about them it's funny um,
4: it's funny watching call plays in the in the xfl too and that and I it was just right before the pandemic um hit nat and i drove to st louis and uh, met up with ga the night before the game and had a few frosty ones and then got the next day and went to the St. Louis battle Hawks game. And he was the OC for Kevin Gilbride dialing him up at the pro level. And, and their team sort of got behind because they were on the road. He was coaching for New York. And then he, he let, yeah you know, he changed quarterbacks. They came back. I mean, it was, you could tell he, he was kind of in the zone with all that. And uh, it's just been a pleasure watching his career through the years. And he, you know, he's a good friend and uh, you're right. Somebody that'll, that'll do anything you ask him to and, Loves state of South Carolina, University of South Carolina.
3: Yep, you always be a game. Card. Uh,
4: yeah it's, uh, I think it's, I think his children I think his daughter one of his daughters goes to Carolina now so yeah. they were little kids just recently. jeez, time flies.
3: So. Happy Veterans Day uh, to all of the veterans out there. We salute you. we thank you. And we should do that every day and probably will continue to do a better job of that moving forward, but certainly today and tomorrow are your days. Also, happy birthday, 248th to the United States Marine Corps. Got to hit a timeout. We'll dip into Vandy in South Carolina. Michael Flint on the way as well when we return. Columbia and Go Game Pops.
4: Coach Joe here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mmm, and the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl, it's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com, it's mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless of summer, go
1: tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it,
3: This break is
2: presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
3: 11:43. Welcome back. It is Veterans Day, or at least we are honoring Veterans Day today, November the 10th. Tomorrow officially is Veterans Day, November the 11th. And Williams-Price Stadium will be honoring the veterans as part of their Military Appreciation Game that happens annually. It's Vanderbilt and the Gamecocks. The Commodores come in at two and 8, 0 and six in the SEC. South Carolina three and six, one and five in the SEC. 77,559 people can fit into Williams-Price Stadium. We'll see how many are in those seats. The weather tomorrow will be in the mid-50s around kickoff, and it won't really get much further than that. It will be cloudy and maybe some drizzle and a little bit chilly. But it's one of only three home games that are left this year. So if you can get there, I sure hope that you will. Taylor Zarzer, Matt Stinchcomb, and the wonderful Taylor Davis, she will be on the sidelines calling it on the SEC Network. Todd, Tommy, and Chet have it on the Gamecock Sports Network. And the satellite Sirius XM radio is Channel 139 or Channel 191. If they beat the doors, it keeps bowl season alive for South Carolina. It will also extend the winning streak over Vanderbilt to 15. And it would give South Carolina back to back wins for the first time since last November. Might remember those two, Tennessee and Clemson to end the 2022 regular season. The injury report uh, that we know of, Trey Knox, he will play. Ja'Kai Moore and Vershawn Lee, they're expected to play as well, although Shane Beamer said that uh, those guys may not, but they are available to go. They can play if necessary. Case and Henry, to carry on joiner, Trey Jones and Juice Wells, they're all out. Uh, they will not be playing uh, this week in the ball game, guys. The last time they met here, if you don't remember, in williams Bryce Stadium, it was almost an end to that streak. Uh, Zeb Nolan came off the bench to engineer a 75-yard touchdown drive connecting with, guess who, Xavier Leggett on a nine-yard scoring pass with just 37 seconds left to go. The Gamecocks escaped 21-20 to on October the 16th, 2021, and uh, Shane Beamer got his first win as a head coach over the doors, so um, you know, looking to get his third this weekend. It's it's a team that certainly has struggled. But, Phil, now that you're back, I know we had some technical issues, had to work through there. Um, guys, Vanderbilt is playing really at this point in time for nothing more than pride. They've got Carolina on the road. They've got Tennessee on the road. And they're just hoping that something wonky happens and they can, they can quote-unquote ruin somebody's season, uh, which certainly could happen if they could pull an upset tomorrow. Yeah, you just hope, yeah, it's not going
6: to be us. You got to get that 15th in a row, keep things going. Like I said last week, the, the snowball, you, you start pushing it down the hill, right? So we've gotten through a quarter of the way down the hill and we're getting a little larger. So they've built a little more confidence. You got to figure in the locker room, carry that into the SEC opponent and you've got coming to town tomorrow
3: and uh, and then roll through them and just keep on going. Yeah, I like the roll through them side of that. JC, it's – um. Yeah, it's one of the things that I'm nervous about, and it's part of my keys to the game. And I don't think, I don't think that this will happen. But you know, we'll we'll get into some of the um, statistics here in just a little while. Some of the things that Vanderbilt actually does do well, and if you if you come out of the gates tomorrow night and you're sleepwalking around a little bit, and some of those things happen, you you could you could look up on and you're on the wrong side of the bed real quick. If you know what I'm saying, uh, that that can't happen. There is a, a a formula for that for the Commodores. Um, it did seem like last week, and I think Phil, if I remember correctly, I think you might have mentioned this earlier in the week, and I think you were I think you were on it. I didn't think we'd see it, but we did. It felt like uh, it was a little lethargic at times in the ballpark, um, at least on the sidelines. Unless your name was Spencer Rattler or Mario Anderson, a couple of those guys, kind of walking around, same old, same old Debo Williams, walking around kind of doing their thing. As you as you kind of peeked over there at the Gamecocks, they just seemed at times to kind of be going through the motions and, um, you know, relying on, I don't know, something else to get them going, which I didn't think we'd see that with their backs up against the wall. But it, it looked like that. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I don't want to call anybody out, but it just looked like that. If they come out like that tomorrow, and here's the, – they could. It's Again, it's not a – it's a team that just had not been very good this year. The, the weather's not going to be really that nice. It's not going to be pouring rain, but it's just not going to be that nice. It's an early game. There's just a lot of those human elements that go into it where you, you could have a little bit of a slow start. And let's let's hope that doesn't happen.
4: When Kentucky lost to them on their home field last year, in the exact same conditions. Mm-hmm. Kind of damp, cool, uh, noon kickoff, Commonwealth State, or Kroger Field, whatever the hell they call it now. Um, You know, and so that concerns you. That said, uh, when you talk about Vanderbilt, you know, last year they did have Ray Davis, uh, who is now at Kentucky, which that would make me – I would tell Mark – if I were Clark Lee, I'd smack Mark Stamps <laughs> if he talked about NIL, you know, because yeah. – that I mean, that kid's from California, right? I understand when kids are going to go across the country and go home, but we've had two in the SEC. This kid just goes up the road to Kentucky for the payday, and Jermaine Burton, after his team won a national championship, he's going back to California, right? He just stops in Tuscaloosa and says, I think I'm going to play here.
6: Yeah, Yeah, this place looks nice. (laughs) Yeah,
4: uh, the team we (laughs) just beat for the national. I'm just going to abandon my teammates. Mm. But anyway, Ray Ray Davis is a great player. I'm not criticizing him. But they did have Ray Davis last year when they pulled up and said they did have Mike Wright, who's now the backup at Mississippi State, as a dual threat guy. And if we remember that 2021 game, guys, uh, Seals, Ken Seals, who's probably going to start this weekend, was supposed to start for Vandy, And they kept it quiet. Here's – Sometimes here's why you don't talk about injuries, you know. And uh, GA, we were just talking to him about the 2012 Clemson game. Nobody knew Dylan was actually starting that game until right before kickoff. Right. And
6: yeah, uh, great. Point. So,
4: uh, and I'll never forget. I texted with a a coach that is back at Carolina now that was had had coached somewhere else and played Clemson earlier that year. And uh, I said, Hey, you know, congrats on the win today. Guess what? Dylan Thompson's starting for Connor Shell's out for the Gamecocks. Yeah, closer to went by three touchdowns. They got too much offense. Lo and behold, Dylan Thompson was the offense that night, third and 17, all that. Anyway, so you keep injuries quiet, right? So that's what happened against Vandy uh, two years ago. That and that was the game Luke Doty started out really well. And then he hurt his foot again, and, and the offense just unraveled that day. It was one of those days where nothing – like they got off a good start. It was one of those Satterfield days where – Good start, and then it just started unraveling. And and I don't know that it was all on Marcus that day because Luke just really started struggling. And Vandy with the dual threat quarterback, then they popped a long pass on, kind of like what you see now with the defense. And they're driving, man. And I'll never forget Zach Pickens saved the day because it was 17-14. Vandy's inside the five. And Zach gets off a block. Uh they're going back the other way to clinch the game and 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 stops them. And earlier in the day, holding them to a field goal, Zach got penetration and stopped him. So Zach Pickens was huge in that ballgame.
1: Yeah. You
4: put in Zeb Nolan, and for some reason, it was like when I used to watch the Atlanta Falcons play the 49ers, and the, and the Falcons would be up late, and they go into pre defense, and Joe Montana or Steve Young would just light them on fire. And I never understood the pre defense, you know. Uh, and that's what happened. Uh, and it got complete zip, zip, zip right down the field, and then back into the back end zone to, to Xavier Leggett, which I think – was the same play Spencer hit Juice Wells on for the first touchdown in the Clemson game in 2022 on fourth down? I think it's the exact same play. Now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry it was third and 19, Clint. But uh, yeah, so look, that was a uh, that was a different type of day. And and, if, and getting back to Jacksonville State, Jacksonville State's a special preparation, and 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 that can get annoying. That's why you see little teams upset big teams. It's because well they do something different that you're not used to, you can't get a look in practice, you know, that, that's 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 ideal. You know, you're, you're probably going to struggle at some point. And I, th- I think I said that before the game. I said at some point Jacksonville State is going to do something. Now, did I expect a freaking 54-yard bomb to blow up in Carolina's face? No. Did I expect them to be driving to the end of the game with a chance to win? No. <laughs> How about no? How about no? <laughs> but I did expect, you know, them to be problematic. Vandy's completely different. Vandy's more like a pro-style offense. They're talking about changing both coordinators next year. They're not happy with their schemes. Their defense it presents less of a challenge than uh, Jack State and the way Jacksonville – playing Jacksonville State's like playing Rich Rod on offense and Joe Lee Dunn on defense. Like, you all remember Joe Lee Dunn? Pressure oh, yeah. from all over yeah. Uh you know that's
3: he, he he wasn't he wasn't thrilled when Jamel Kelly hauled it in from uh, Eric Kimry and Williams Price. Oh
4: uh, 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 no, he, he wasn't he was not happy. He, he I remember died. sitting
3: in the South End zone watching him run out to the hash uh, to the other side of the hash when yeah. they said you're gonna get a flag if you don't turn around and walk back to that sideline, son. I remember the, me and me and my friend so
4: Skipper well. were in the stands and me and Skipper were just yelling Wayne the whole day because Wayne Macken was the quarterback. I was yeah. in college then, I didn't get the but uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So JC did have fun at games at one point in his life, but uh, it was a that was a heck of a game. But you know, so so you're you're you really on both sides of the ball. Jacksonville State is problematic schematically, is what I'm saying. Vanderbilt, not so much. They're kind of more traditional. That that's a better matchup, I think, for a defense that's struggling because you, there's not as much to worry about, thinking wise, and eye discipline and all that. You just kind of go play mm-hmm. um, now. Florida, kind of the same way, <laughs> offensively. And they didn't do a good job stopping them. So uh you got to tackle. You got to play fundamentally sound. And you got to be fired up. I mean, I think the best thing for this team would be, uh and, and I thought they got off to a good start with the drive, with Mario's run, and then talking Hemingway running up the middle. You know, uh, you, you need to get off to a good start and get your fans excited to be there. You know, I mean, they're, they're it's just not the same as a night game you know with fans at williams Bryce right now it, it, i'm not saying the crowd's not loud and they don't show up but it's just different you know so i think it's up to the players and coaches and team to get off to a good start because if you don't a lot of doubt is not only going to seep into the with the play the crowd and everything you know you, you have a struggle fest like you did last week against vandy you know and god forbid you lose that's gonna take what little wind do you have? Well, like right now, you're Tommy boy. You're sitting out on the lake asking for some wind. You know, <laughs> and the wind is starting, you hear you hear the rustle of the feathers and the you know, the, the leaves and the trees rustling a little bit, okay? It's gonna completely go away if you lose this game and you're gonna sink. <laughs> Which is I'm, I'm not trying to make a a, a you know do, I'm not trying to base anything off Vanderbilt's mascot here, the Commodore, the you know the ship sinking blah blah, but it, 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 it can't. It, there are no must wins, and I, I'll stand by that. But this is a, another must win. I mean, you know, and, and then the rest of them really are, guys. If you want to get to the obviously, unless you can sneak into a bowl at five and seven, I mean, you have to, which could happen, but you got to. You know, you got to get there, man, and and it's not as much as Carolina struggled. They have not struggled nearly as much as the, the Commodores have. They struggled in their win over Hawaii. We talked about that. They they beat Alabama AM and pretty good, and then it <laughs> not done much since. They blew a 17-point lead at UNLV. Mm-hmm. UNLV mm-hmm. lined up. It was man enough to come back on these. They, they came back on these guys so i mean and i like clark lee and barton simmons their director of player personnel general manager is a good friend of mine uh loads of respect for barton but that job that used to be very tough and almost a mission impossible is now becoming even more so with nil and the portal because they they can't they don't have it i mean they don't have nil uh, and they lose a lot of good players to the portal because of the academics and stuff like that. So that's their their program is sort of behind the eight ball. Uh, so you don't want to lose to them, you know, and give them any any. And last year's Vandy team did get up off the mat; they were pretty good. That, that's not this year's Vandy team's not nearly as good uh, as last year's. So uh, it should be a cock win.
3: The end of the hour has arrived. Michael Flint is due up at the top of the noon hour. In case you missed it last night, it was really, really a fun night in college football. Southern Miss wins an OT 34-31 in Lafayette over the raging Cajuns. And almost a stunner in the ACC. Virginia scored 21 points in three minutes and 38 seconds in the third quarter. And they had the lead 21-14 to on Louisville. But when the fourth quarter flipped over, the Cardinals took control and found a way to squeeze it out, 31-24. to 24, Thoughts and prayers with the running back of the Wahoos, who was popped. Although the ball ended up in the end zone for a touchdown, he was taken to an area hospital, and uh, we will continue to pray for him.
4: I think I hit the over on that last night. All right. I, I, I think I did. I didn't realize that until this morning. We were at the Bears watch party last night. Watch the ugliest NFL game I've ever seen. We got free barbecue.
3: Yeah, pretty
7: free
6: barbecue and a three-point win. You can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, they usually they
4: usually good. serve like based on opponents, so Carolina was barbecue. Of course, yeah. the Saints last week, I had some average jambalaya. It was, all uh, like, right, we're having jambalaya. I was like, is it average? Nobody got that joke. <laughs> but, but it was at the bar, but they, y'all get it here. As long as it's average, I'll eat it.
3: If you want to watch some college football tonight, 9 o'clock on ESPN2, North Texas Mean Green versus 7-2 SMU, who's 5-0 in the American, 20-and-a-half point favorites. And then ten forty five tonight, the Wyoming Cowboys on the road in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium to take on UNLV. We will pick that game a little bit later on. Got to step aside. When we return, Michael Flint will be here. We'll dive into it tomorrow. Vandy, South Carolina, hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. will be right back.
0: Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at pomcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated.
3: Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend, a career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres. Campbell is first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you diagnose your swing and create a special game plan to help improve it call them at 859-414-8240 email soups swingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the chief sports app Soup swing shop play ball welcome home that's what the gamecocks say and so does the barn Dough company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit TheBarndominiumCo.com. That's TheBarndominiumCo.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Barbecue presents the National Anthem daily at noon here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show a special one today, of course, because it is Veterans Weekend, I guess is what we'll call it, Veterans Day, technically tomorrow being celebrated nationally, though today a big hug, handshake, and hand pound to all those who have served our great nation. Can't thank you enough uh, for what you do and cannot wait. It's, it's the, it is everybody's favorite halftime show of the year. In Columbia tomorrow, Military Appreciation Day. Uh, The Seats for Soldiers campaign this weekend as well. And uh, so there will be a bunch from Fort Jackson that will be in attendance tomorrow to hopefully watch South Carolina take down the doors of uh, Vanderbilt. Again, a noon kick on the SEC network. Uh, Maybe those who were considering maybe not going, maybe just for the halftime show, uh, come on up. Mike, before we get you in here, This is huge news out of the University of South Carolina. I got this to my inbox a little while ago and have not had a chance to read it. But a guy that we've known a long time, Michael, he's become a a dear friend over the years, always so kind, uh, and has done a lot for a lot of people, was doing more. Joe Rice, attorney here in the Lowcountry, has invested $30 million into the University of South Carolina's law school. And it will now be renamed the USC School of Law, or the excuse excuse me the Joseph F. Rice School of Law at the University of South Carolina. He's uh he's given a ton, he's done more than any of us could ever dream of or imagine when it comes to athletics and academics at Carolina, and that's pretty neat because he's a guy that doesn't live a whole, uh, very far away from us, does he, Mike? Uh, we've got we know him pretty well, and he's as good as they come. So. Thank you to Joe Rice for helping South Carolina produce some of the best attorneys in the world uh, with a major investment.
8: Hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's awesome. That's a lot yeah. of money. A lot, that's, that's a lot of money to the school. He's got well, that Michael
3: Flint type money. <laughs> yeah. The
4: very Minus rich, people very people single, very disease-free. Very Michael disease-free. <laughs> yet very but, rich. Yeah, Joe Joe. Look, I can't think of anything more special uh, just from the academic end of the university than this. I mean, I know Darla Moore has her name on the business school, and and that's great. But, you know, the law school at Carolina is is the – I think there's one other one, maybe Charleston or something. Maybe Furman was talking about having a law school. But it's the law school in the state of South Carolina, and and this fan base has a – Dude, it has a ton of lawyers. <laughs> that's why uh that's it's very similar to Ole Miss in that regard. Is there's a lot of a lot of lawyers in the fan base, but uh and that's fine. I love I, I like lawyers. I don't I don't have a problem with lawyers, but uh I, I probably should have been one, to be honest. But uh the Joe is is probably the most accomplished attorney to come out of there. Uh and you, you talk about a guy that gives his all. You know, that signed in Neyland Stadium, I will give my all for Tennessee today. I bet Joe has a sign uh, in his house as I'll give my all for South Carolina, University of South Carolina today because he absolutely does. Um, I think sometimes people kind of, why didn't Joe Rice pay for NIL or do that? Well, he did contribute to that. Trust me. Anybody uh, Anybody in, that
3: in, ever questions Joe Rice and NIL or anything yeah, and else his is commitment, is, or is any ignorant commitment. and needs to find a new hobby. Cause I can Get show you right probably. now yeah, dude. that Joe Rice that guy, has done a hundred billion things more for that university than anybody. Find
4: for. And he's an amazing person. Like he, he could be a, you know, as people that kind of success, uh, and I, I always say this about Mike Morgan, you know, Mike is one of the best human beings I know and has every reason in the world to be arrogant. Uh, Joe's the same way, you know, same type of guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know him as well as I probably should, but I, I know everybody that does, and, th- and there's nobody that says bad words uh, about Joe Rice. And this yeah. is a to to me, it's it's the, the 30 million is great, but seeing his name up there, that that to me is priceless because that's 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 this school honoring a real deal dude, right? And uh, through the years, maybe it hadn't, maybe South Carolina hadn't always honored their real dudes but this is a real dude and, uh, congrats to the university and to Joe, uh, on a very, very special day. And, uh, that, you know, that kind of gift too can really raise the level uh, of your, of your law school, which is already excellent. So I I just, I can't say enough good stuff about it.
3: Uh, he is, he is out his whole family. They're wonderful people. They really are. And they, uh, you would never know. you never know that he, is who he is and and all those type things, if you know what I'm saying, if you just happen to meet him on the street. Most people probably have no idea who he is when they do meet him. And then someone says, by the way, that's Joe Rice. Oh, he's just just that type of guy. So uh, thank you, Joe, for everything you've done for decades for the University of South Carolina, both on the field and off the field. All right. This guy did something on the field for the Gamecocks as well. His name is the original 1-9. I'm just kidding. We call him Mike. Uh, glad to have you again, uh, this week and, um, look, looking for their second winner in a row for the first time since they did it last November against Tennessee and Clemson. That was fun, but if they could beat Clemson this year, maybe that's part of four in a row, Mike, I don't know, but you got to get number two first. So, um, you know, Vanderbilt's had a long year, Michael, we, we know that it's, it's been difficult for them to kind of, to get off the mat they are They they've, they've had some talent issues. They've had some injury issues. Uh, they had the transfer portal bid him. Ray Davis, as JC pointed out just a little bit ago, is now up the road in Kentucky. We'll see him next week uh, coming to Columbia. Uh, right after Darude, by the way, rocks our faces off outside of Williamsburg Stadium. Uh, the Doors have given up 31 or more points in eight straight games. During that stretch, Mike, they've allowed 37.25 points per game. They're 114th in the nation in pass defense. When their offense in SEC contests has only scored seventeen and a half points per game, so all those numbers seem like that's a pretty good sign for the Gamecocks. But uh, based off what we saw last week, where is your head coming into this ball game? What are you looking to see early on?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, looking at last week, I think Jacksonville State's a good football team. Um, you know, I don't think they really got enough credit uh, for what they've done all year. Um, their quarterback. He um, was a really good player and battled his tail off. I think Rich Rod really called a good game. Um, they had a good game plan coming into it. But I think our defense stepped up when when they needed. You know, once again, the, the, the big plays kind of bit us in the tail. Um, but, you know, you see what happened when, you know, at the end of the game. Um, it was really cool to see, you know, what Stone Blanton said about breaking down that play. And, you know, by watching film, that's something that they did a lot in the red – you know, in the red zone – in big time moments when they needed plays. And so it was cool to see that, you know, all that paid off. Knowing he knew that rub route was coming, being able to get around it or or get through it without being affected. Um, And knowing where the running back was going to be, knowing where the ball was going to be. And, you know, it it paid off. You know, I know it was tough seeing uh, Jacksonville State driving at the end of the game with a chance to win it or tie it. Um, And, you know, I know a lot of people look at that and rubs in the wrong way, but, you know, we're, you know, this, this team is, is battling hard. There's so many injuries that we've had to overcome. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's helped, but it, it's been a tough year. Um, I think the injuries have played a lot, a lot into it, but uh, you know, I think, you know, I know this, this team is taking it one game at a time and, you know, preparing for this game like they will Kentucky, like they will for Clemson and coming out and trying to play our best game. But, you know, it's nice to see, you know, Mario Anderson, start to start to go like i said i said it for a couple weeks i think he's like he he, he's he's so close to just breaking some you know these five six yard runs that turn into 20 30 40 yard runs he's real close and i think the more he's getting more and more comfortable every week and you see the workloads start to go so it's you know it's going to be you know it's going to be tough it's going to be tough and you really uh the one thing i look for is you know limiting the, the the explosive plays the big plays that you know, we we've been given up, especially to those to those slot guys, those inside receivers. Um, you know, and how we look to do that defensively, but you know, up front, stopping the run, putting putting these guys in, you know, tough down to distance situations to make them more predictable, and you know, see what happens.
3: All right, here's the, here's the most important question. I'm going to pull the pull the panel here. That would consist of the original one nine, Mad Dog, and Schubert. Doesn't the name Ken Seals sound like he has an OnlyFans page? <laughs> Do you subscribe, Mike? <laughs> uh, that's Good. tough. Is, uh, is, is he your quarterback? <laughs> uh, Ken, here's some Ken numbers. Seals. Here's some numbers on him, though, which is a little interesting. Uh, he does have. Five starts in the SEC versus SEC Western teams. He has thrown for an average of ninety one, ninety one. That's it. 91 yards per game. One total touchdown and two interceptions. And then three starts versus the SEC East. He's thrown for 247 yards per game with six touchdowns and two interceptions. Interesting numbers, huh?
8: That is very interesting.
3: (laughs) I... Look, Carolina got th- four turnovers last week, Mike. They have. I, I, I was venting to you on the phone about this last week, um, and that this team. You can make the argument, and over the last couple couple of years, well, now three, I guess, three years, a so few years, um, uh, unless they, it, when it's not really the argument. I mean, it's it's factual, right? Uh, if they don't get a bunch of turnovers they don't really perform that well on the on that side of the ball you know just putting a hat on a hat and go, I mean AM, Tennessee these teams that, that you know they're not leading the league in turnovers but yet their defenses are all pretty good got pretty good players coach pretty well put a hat on a hat go out there and beat you up they don't need you to turn it over two or three times to try to you know score points or whatever it is um, it, this program just hasn't seemed to quite get there yet Mike they've if they're not getting turnovers, they they don't seem to be winning games. I I don't know that they would have won the game last week against Jacksonville State had they not received four turnovers. The most notable one being the pick six, right? So, I mean, is that something that you can kind of get on a? It's it's turnovers are. It's not like they just, it's not like you just push a button and they just happen. You got to force them or you got to have a little luck. But I mean, in your history and your career, being around the game of football, like. Isn't that kind of how it works sometimes? Like you, you have one game where you get a few of them after you haven't really gotten some in a while, and then it kind of snowballs. And maybe maybe we're there now. Maybe maybe November will be turnover month for Carolina's defense.
8: Yeah. Now we went through a big lull, and I think it, a lot of it. You look at kind of uh, the old baseball adage of of hit hitting is contagious, and when guys start hitting, you know the hits tend to, tend to follow. And I think you look back at. Those kind of things. And it, it goes back to simply just doing the little things and knowing and understanding and, and keeping that in the back of your, your mind about the those little things. And I think, you know, when you go, you know, when you're out there on the field on defense and you're struggling to get those turnovers, you tend to stop thinking about what you do to get those turnovers as far as tackling, um, you know, strip, you know, try, trying to rip the ball, you know. Getting that head across the body and and doing things to to knock the ball loose, and it's more you just out there just trying to tackle, bend you know bend but don't break. But you know in in a way it's like all right, just keep him in front, keep him in front. And really, instead of keeping those those those, those the, like the little things, the, the the small fundamental things you do in tackling and playing defense that can start to cause those turnovers, and in getting those turnovers, you really start to refo you you know you tend to refocus on those little things that help knock the ball loose um whatever it may be or interceptions you know any of those any of those little things and it you know coaches always say it's the little things you do that 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 win you games and i think that's that's part of it like you know like saying hitting is contagious you know when you start getting those turnovers it's contagious you start to refocus on what on 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 the little things you do to to rip that ball and you know i mean it you know say you know couldn't happen at a, at a more perfect time you'd like to see us be more consistent over the years you know over the course of this past year with creating those turnovers like we've been in the past, but, you know, I think it's a good time for us to, to have those rebuild some confidence in that defense to know you can, you can pick the ball off. You can create turnovers, put the offense in really good down to distance situations to score points and create points off those turnovers. Cause I think at the end of the day, you look at, you know, teams that, that win the turnover battle, um, week in and week out, they, they tend to win the football games as well. Um, you know, out of, pretty high percentage. So I think, you know, like you said, it couldn't could have come at a more, you know, at a better time. But, you know, it's kind of like the old hitting adage, you know, it's contagious. And I think, you know, carrying that into this game is, is big. And I think carrying it on through the rest of the season is big and tend to refocus on the little things that that you do to create those.
3: Michael Flint joining us here, 12-18. It is uh, Veterans Day and Veterans Weekend, as we celebrate and honor those who have served our – Great country, and we'll continue to do so. Um, Mike, on the uh, we talked to Coach Mangus earlier, and he said, "I don't think I've ever heard of somebody having ten different offensive lines in ten games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, 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 at what point in time? Like, I don't know how you get used to it, but I mean, they've got to be somewhat used to it. Like, well, we just kind of have to keep doing the things that we know we can kind of do." Without being able to get into a flow because we don't ever know who's going to be out there and when they're going to be out there and if they're going to be in the position they were in the last time they're out there, can you can you now that we've seen it uh, through nine games and we got three to go, when you evaluate the offense week in and week out, like how do you how do you begin to evaluate it and then begin to formulate what we may see moving forward when you don't know who's playing up front. Like I'm just asking you, like the, the viewer, like you're watching the game, you have a football mind. How much do you account for what's going on up there towards what the overall
8: what the offense is doing overall? It's huge. I mean it's huge. It goes into game planning because you know every guy's kind of skill level is different. What they're good at is different. From you know, run block, run block, pass block, understanding of the offense, what you're supposed to be doing, um, it's a big, it's a, it's a critical factor. I think that you know a lot of folks don't, don't really put enough, put enough stock into. And when you got, when you got a, con, when you got guys with consistent, you know, in and out, and a consistent rotation of guys that are just flowing in, flowing out, you got to take a lot of what their strengths and weaknesses are into play and how. Meshes with the cohesiveness of that offensive line. I mean, when you got guys rotating in and out, it makes it tough. When you got a guy like, you know, Rashawn Lee playing right tackle, and then, you know, he's not there, it makes it a little more difficult. I mean, Rashawn's a guy who's extremely that extremely athletic that you know can can get out and get get up front. You know, whether it be you know in the screen game, um, you know, you got a guy that can that can drop drop and then go and take off and be really effective. And, and, and that's a big part of his game is that athleticism, getting them in space and let, you know, letting them block, you know, whether, whatever certain kind of play calls that may be um, and how you utilize their athleticism with guys that can move maybe a little bit better than others. Um, schematically, what you do up front is huge as well. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, what, what type of zone, zone runs you're going to run or, you know, the pull, you got guys pulling, um, you know, you tend to, you know, guys that have to that aren't as don't have as good of a knowledge. You can't really run a whole lot of different stuff schematically and really trust it. But then when you got guys in there who have experience, who know what they're doing, you can you can do things different and get a little more creative up front to make sure you you know you don't you don't put too much on those guys that don't know as much because then that just kind of starts to create chaos. So a lot of it comes down just to the you know who's playing where. I mean, you look at Rashawn Lee playing tackle, guard, or center. It's like he's done it all. Nick Gargiulo, um, you know, where where he's at, the guys you tend to run behind a little more, how do you scheme with those guys and kind of create some confusion with, uh, you know, with that defensive front, being able to kind of hide, you know, a run play and mask it, you know, masking it up front schematically with a pass to really keep those linebackers, you know, close to the line of scrimmage and create the separation between the linebackers in, the, in that secondary level. So, it's a big, it's a critical piece. I mean, you know, it really plays a big factor in how you scheme up front um, when you got guys all over the place. So I'll give Coach Loggins a heck of a lot of credit and being able to to navigate that along with trying to get the ball to your playmakers, getting them downfield and how you do it. Because you know it starts up front and every play call you have is a you know calls out of protection or some sort of you know run run block scheme. And then you have the formation, and, the, and then the play call. So there's a heck of a lot that goes into it. I think that you know people don't realize that it's not just you get up and you got your front five guys and you just go block. There's a lot of creativity that goes into it. And those guys don't really know what they're doing, or it doesn't fit their skill set. Can be it, it. can make for a long day. And I and I think Coach Logie deserves a lot of credit navigating those waters um, because it's tough. It's extremely yeah. tough. I think we've seen it in the in the run game with how we haven't been able to have a whole lot of success because we've had so many different guys moving around and skill sets are different. I'll ask you this,
4: Michael, because the critics will say, well, he hadn't done anything on the road away from home. Right. Uh, and, and I'll take, I'll take North Carolina out of it because that obviously was a disaster. I, I don't think that was a play calling issue at all. I think that was a mm-hmm. the, the, the catastrophic event on the offensive line, but this offense does struggle more on the road. So I'm going to ask you this, because here's my theory how much with young especially with the youth up front and inexperience and patchwork and all this you know with it being a different group week to week how much is communication play to play uh important on the o line them communicating with each other them getting the signals them getting the play change how how important is is i mean simply their their ability to communicate out there how important is that cuz that that's kind of my theory is that there's probably
8: more breakdowns on the road because they, they, they don't get the signal they can't hear. 100% right, JC. I mean, I think you you you, you nailed it um, spot on. Uh, communication is huge up front. When you see the center looking up, pointing, and talking, um, at home you can tend to hear, you know, what he's saying, um, you know, what, what they're looking to do. But on the road, you, it's hard to hear stuff. And you – I mean, you can see and you can point and do all these things, but – when you can't communicate down the line with each other, it makes it a whole heck of a lot harder. I mean, I think Missouri is a prime example of that. Um, Missouri did a lot of two-gap stunt with slanting the tackles hard or, you know, the end of the tackle hard and looping guys around. Um, you could see that, you know, we weren't – we couldn't quite get it. Um, you know, we were a little slow with it. But I think when you got guys that, that, that can communicate up front and – you know, there's different terminology and language for, you know, guys slanting um, towards different gaps that you can that you can allude to to say if you if you see this, however you ter- however you deem it, you probably you know, it's probably 95% chance there's a guy coming behind, so be ready, and you know, however you communicate that um, within the, the terminology within the offense, you know, is is critical. I mean, you you nailed it, and I think that's a large part of it when you got you know, a rotating convoy of guys in there and you got, you know, the quarterback of the line that's the center, you know, is changing, you know, between a couple of guys, it, it's it's huge. I mean, it's really big, especially for those freshmen. And when you can't really communicate verbally along the line and, you know, see what guys are looking at, it makes it a whole heck of a lot harder, especially on those young guys.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a, that's a reason that it's more, a little more leaky. And less leaky, less leaky at home. Uh, I'm not saying they played well last week. I'm not going to give them that much credit, but uh, the pass protection was, um, it's okay. You know, I guess the the announcers talked about, I don't know, like it was a stone wall or something. I didn't really see that because they would shoot some guys through last week, especially in the run. But uh, I guess they were okay. But, yeah, there is a difference between home and away with this offense. And and that's – trying to pinpoint why I think that's why I think it's, it's, it's harder for younger offensive linemen and especially it's hard, hell. If, if you got different line, it's hard for older guys because you don't know who's next to you. Who's doing, I mean, that's got to be confusing and it's unfortunate that they spent a whole off season making the offense unconfusing, but you're still going to be confused
8: just basically because you you got a different lineup every week. That's unfortunate. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. I think, that's been a huge part um i think the and it's just the injuries i mean the injuries have really have really been tough and the injuries up front are probably some of the most critical that that we've had that have kind of turned the direction of the season but i think you're you're spot on with the communication piece being on the road versus being at home um you know you used to see it in practice with guys being able to 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 verbally you know communicate use hand signals and stuff like that but i mean you're 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 spot on and i think that that's been the toughest part of this season is because we got talent at the skill positions. We got guys that can run the ball. It's just you got to be able to get the ball to those guys and, you know, don't want to blame those guys, those, those guys up front because it's just been the unfortunate injury bug that has just consistently, you know, happened this year, which has caused those lineups to, to change. And I mean, I think you started in the spring when Jalen Nichols went down um, and then just kind of snowballed along the first game of the year, you know, throughout the season.
3: I mean, I want to. I want to add to that too. I, hopefully, this doesn't, although somebody will think it is, uh, come off as an as an excuse. That's not what I'm getting at here. Um, they've also played against four of the best defensive lines in college football on the road. A and M, Missouri, Tennessee, and Georgia are pretty good, uh, and uh, all of them. Uh, two of those uh, teams right there are ranked in the top ten nationally uh, in defense. So. You know, I think that it's a perfect storm of what they've seen on the road. I, I will almost bet you Rattler's numbers would probably be better at home had they faced all four of those opponents at home. They'd probably still be better, but I don't think they'd be what they are. Home and neutral sites in 2023 for Spencer, he's a combined, and this is North Carolina firm in Mississippi State, Florida, and Jacksonville State. 123 of 154 for 1698 th- 13 touchdowns, two picks. That's 340 yards per game and 3.25 touchdowns per game and he didn't throw one in uh in Charlotte because they you know he was, he almost he almost died up there. He was almost decapitated. Dude got sacked 9 times. Yeah. It's, but since he's been back home, he's thrown at least three touchdowns in every game. In Ways Bryce Stadium, those are unbelievable numbers. Really, when it comes down to it, so and the one game that he didn't didn't really get it out there a bunch was the Mississippi State game when he was just a lowly eighteen for twenty for two eighty eight. So you know he he's he has been special at home, but I think I, I'm not disagreeing with what y'all said. I think JC, you and Mike are are on it, um, but I but I also think that the level of competition in which they played on the road didn't make things any easier places that seed a hundred thousand people. Except for Missouri, yeah. they don't see a hundred thousand people.
8: <laughs> yeah, and I think the the other part of it is when you look at Spencer Rattler just seems to make it look so easy. Between him and Xavier Leggett, it just man, you sit up there and watch it and it's like you, you give you give them time to sit back there and throw it and it just looks easy. And it's tough to kind of fathom how, you know, we don't score just every time up and that we go up and down the field when you see those two and how they operate man it's just it's been fun to watch and just we're able to give them some time It just you know it's kind of wild those guys you know they kind of make it look like those pga tour players that they go out there and hit the ball and it makes me think that i can go out there and do the same thing because it looks so easy and then you go out and try to do it yourself and next thing you know you're hitting the ball backwards and don't realize how the heck that's even possible
3: (laughs) yeah man yeah you're you yeah exactly he ain't lying all right mike um Final thoughts here on uh, what we're hoping to see tomorrow is a South Carolina win, clearly, and uh, we're actually expecting to see that. But um, if we've learned anything this year, it's to expect the unexpected. Uh, what, what what is what is critical or what is important not only for the not only for winning the game, certainly that matters, but for hoping to catch lightning in a bottle and and have a chance to win the following two as well. I'm talking about the Wildcats uh, and the Tigers. What is really at the top of the list that you want to see tomorrow that would help in all that?
8: I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, the stat stat you said with Ken Seals versus, you know, passing yards in the SEC East versus the West was a very eye-opening stat and a very interesting one to see because I think Vanderbilt is going to do a lot of what a lot of teams have done is try to create mismatches in the slot and, you know, try to go after those explosive plays. Um, that's one thing, you know, you I'm, I, you know, I'm looking for. But, you know, be, coming back and just being able to run the football, um, you know, have success running the football, being able to get Mario going, being able to get Juju going, um, you know, getting those guys the ball in space and letting them work because if you have a good run game, having a good running game just opens up a lot of other things for you. And, you know, having success running the ball, I think is going to be a, a critical part um, in the game. But I think, you know, defensively, like what you said is, you know, how Vanderbilt's going to look to attack because I think they're going to do a lot of, of what other other programs have done is try to attack that, that up and down the, you know, the hashes uh, with those big explosive plays that a lot of other teams have done. But, you know, I look for us to come out and do a lot of what we've been doing already. And, um, you know, it's going to be, Interesting to watch, say the least, and kind of what that front five looks like, what the starting uh, front five on the offensive line looks like. But establishing the run, I think if we can establish the run, it's going to make for a big day. And like I said, I think Mario Anderson's so close; he's so close to just having a monster day. Um, and if we can get that going and allowing him to have success running the ball, I think we can. We can. I want to say you know we can tend to tend to walk away um, with a lot of points, but creating turnovers and running the football. I think, you know, building off last week with the turnovers and then running the ball is, the I think, the two biggest things that that, that we could have that could help us have a big day uh, tomorrow.
3: Mike, uh, hopefully they get win number four. That keeps all hopes alive and keeps the party jiving for Darude when he comes next week. Are you going to – what are you doing for that? Are you going to, like, you paint your chest or your face or both? Are you going to – what are you gonna do, uh, man? There's
8: no telling. There's no telling. <laughs> like <laughs> that's a classic Flint
4: response, man.
8: <laughs> there's no probably telling. Probably have a few. Probably have a few celebrating. A few. A few? Yeah.
4: There's still a lot to
8: play for this year, so hey, I'm, you know, I'm hoping we keep fans in the stands and butts in the seats and loud and you know keep the environment electric, like what we've been able to do all year, because you know there's still a lot on the line. Um, you know, at the end of the year. And I think the coaches will tell you those, you know, 12 to 15 extra practices after the last game of the year are are dang critical to the growth of the program over the course of the next year and getting those young guys some reps. So, but yeah, considering Daru's coming to town, there's, you know, by, by, by that time, I hope to just, you know, be able to recall, recollect.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just
8: kidding <laughs> you're the best dude you're amazing
3: uh are you going up tonight or are you going up tomorrow morning
8: tomorrow morning man okay
3: yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna wait and go tomorrow morning too so i'll i'll holler at you when i'm on the road or i'll call you tonight i'll go basketball plays at 9 30 tonight so i'm sure you'll be at least a bottle of wine through by that time so i'll holler at you around then
8: all right that sounds good man i'll be watching them go cox
3: Ladies and gentlemen, very single, very disease-free Michael Flynn here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh. (laughs) All right, it is uh, (laughs) 12.35. Um, We do need to step aside for a timeout. Before we do that, though, uh, speaking of Veterans Day, here's a veteran for you. My man, Dustin, with Rescues and Resin. JC and Phil, we all got to know uh, Dustin and Tabitha in Charlotte. Guys, I, I can't. I don't know how else to say this. He has a product that you literally can't get anywhere else. You can't do it. There you go. Look at those. Look at the coasters. Look at those things. They never, like, you can put any drink on them. They're not going to fade. They're not going to ruin nothing. That's one of literally any type of product you can imagine that could be custom made by Rescues and Resin. They're in our app. You can go right to their page in the partnership section of our app. Look at that. Look at that cutting board. That's a Carolina Rise cutting board for you. It doesn't have to be Carolina Rise. It could be your last name. It could be an image of your dog. You could have an autograph from Connor Shaw or George Rogers or anybody, and they could find a way to get that autograph into the wood of of whatever they're making you. He is a veteran, a proud veteran. He's one of the dudes that you want to know but doesn't know exists. He's that type of dude, and he's a very talented dude. And we are just honored to even know him and be friends with him. And uh, so, Dustin, if you're watching, uh, you and your family, to all of y'all, happy Veterans Day. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for being partners with us. And I'm telling all of y'all in our our audience, if you want custom products for for Christmas, you better get your order in now. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. He's doing something for me. I hope he'll do something for all of you because he does something for a lot of people. I didn't want to say something, JC, go ahead. Yeah, dude, he's,
4: just, he's one of the greatest people I know. I mean, uh, just a stand-up guy's wife's a great person. Well, we love those guys. They're also official. They, they can do officially licensed stuff. They can do the block C if they want and all that good stuff. They worked it out with the school uh, to do that, but um, anything you want, man. And uh, it's, it's quality stuff. And it, you know, every year, if you're like me, I I, w- I want to get gifts for people, but I don't always know what to you know what to do. And I, I, I but I like to get creative with it. You know, mm-hmm. this is creative. You can't find this stuff just at the store. You know, yeah. you can't go to Target last on Christmas Eve and find this. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'd get your orders yeah. in and and get uh, get them rocking and rolling, man, because it's uh, it's quality quality stuff, and it uh, and they go the extra mile to not only. Support the Gamecocks. Support what we do here on the show. Support the BigSpur.com, but also they're very, very, very highly supportive of Carolina Rising NIL. Um, yep. So you're you're helping everything, uh, including just getting a hell of a product when you when you buy from them.
3: Yep, it's uh, it's incredible what they do. They send a percentage of the. Sales uh to Carolina Rise, just so you know. So and it's a good percentage, it's not like that sneaky percentage in the fine print that other people do. Oh, it's a big percentage. I actually I, I, no, I, just no no pinch, JC. I actually told him I was like, I don't think you you should give that much. You're doing a lot of work with this. He's like, No, I want to. I was like, Okay, I'm staying out of it.
4: No, seriously, <laughs> uh, yeah, you didn't tell me the numbers, Jamie. And I, I I talked to him the other day, I had no idea what the numbers yes. were, and I, I was like, really. I know. I was like, dang man! Was... <laughs> thank you.
3: I, I, yeah, I told him I was like, you, you know. Anyways, well, yeah. So, thank you guys. They're they're the best rescues and resin, and um, hope you'll hope you'll use them for your most unique Christmas gifts this holiday season. All right, we still got to drive around the SEC. We've got plenty of games to pick. Uh, some I've got I got some stuff that you'll have a lot. We're all gonna have a lot of fun with with this Kentucky Alabama game. Uh, went the extra mile today, if you'd like to call it that. We've got some extra scouting coming up on uh, Vanderbilt as well. Hoops plays tonight. I see our dear friend Matt Anderson is in the Nana Sports chat box, and uh, we are certainly glad to have old Matty in here today as well. So we hope you'll stick around. we got an hour and 21 minutes left in the programming. Mad Dog is it in control, and he's going to send us to break. We'll be right back. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecock's attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Game Cops.
5: If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in a plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today
3: nana's porch nana's porch.com at nana's porch they cater weddings parties and all kinds of special events their meals are served buffet style in seconds they're encouraged Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. NanasPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Three three six two five nine seven five five zero. 259 7550
7: South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. ga.com schedule a no hassle free inspection today wind damage hail damage or just wear and tear don't settle for second best let jeremy johnson and elite roofing and restoration take care of it all for you today
2: every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297
3: shop charleston fitness equipment this holiday season major discounts on treadmills rowers ellipticos and more proud partners of carolina rise inside the gamecocks and the chief sports network charlestonfitnessequipment.com Charleston
1: Fitness Equipment this holiday season.
4: Thunder, Thunder, feel the thunder.
3: Lightning and the thunder. Thunder, thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Thunder, thunder, feel the thunder. Yeah, think
7: that the
3: Vanderbilt defense, that certainly gives up yards through the air. Xavier Leggett tied with Pharaoh Cooper, in the words of Steve Spurrier, 973 back in 2015. The next one on the list is a guy named Sidney, who sits at 1,090. So, old Xavier Leggett, Leggett, as he once told us in North Mount Pleasant, is 117 yards shy of Sidney Rice to be fifth all time in uh, single season receiving yards. And matter of fact, guys, he'll have that it, by halftime. He he's it, yeah, I mean, he you got to get to 1143. Sydney is second at 1143 um that he did that back in 05. And so you're talking about 143, you're talking about 170 yards. If he gets 170 this weekend, he'll have the he'll be second all time in single season receiving yards behind Alshon. And as I pointed out just a couple of days ago, it's possible he can get if it. They,
4: yeah, if they get to a bowl and went out and he has huge games in all of them. I mean, it's tough because that's 50, you're talking 1,500 receiving yards. I think Alshon had that year. That was yeah. 2010. We had GA on earlier. You know, that's one of the – I think the only time, 2010 was the only time in program history we had a – or the game packs had 1,000 – Yard rusher, three thousand yard passer, and a thousand yard receiver in the same season, or, or it was the first since maybe maybe eighty seven because I don't remember how many yards Sterling Sharp had uh, in eighty seven. Because I know Harold Green. Did Todd go over three thousand? In, in, in no,
3: Sterling only had nine fifteen in eighty seven. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, cool. I think it was the first time ever that that happened, and that was orchestrated by GA yeah. and Steve. Yeah, he's five forty-four yeah. short of Alshon, because Alshon's got fifteen, seventeen, and twenty ten. And now Alshon did that in fourteen games. Xavier can't play in fourteen games. He can play in thirteen. Yeah. And so if he does get four more games, if he does get four more games, you know, you're you're gonna need about a hundred and forty yeah, about a hundred and thirty five yards a game to get it. He can get it.
4: What a great story
3: small town uh, South uh,
4: Carolina really kids man like ones. GA said you don't you recruit the state man I mean that's that we could talk about out of state five stars all we want and those are great to have and it's it's always great to recruit elite talent no matter where it's from but you, there's so many players from South Carolina even to go to other schools that end up being great. I mean, look at Tyler Brown at Clemson
1: mm-hmm.
4: he may be the best freshman receiver in in the ACC or one of them and he was a three-star kid out of Greenville High that they took late. I mean, kind of overshadowed by Mazio Bennett and and Blake Franks a little bit on, on that team last year. But uh, I mean, just I mean, it's it's amazing the talent that comes out of, out of the state that probably doesn't get the uh, respect it, it deserves. And Xavier is a big example. Now, our friend Charles Power at On Three, who for my money's the best evaluator out there still. Because my friend Jerry's not doing rankings anymore, he told me the other week. Uh, Charles rated, to his credit, he rated Xavier a four-star player out of out of uh, when he was with us at twenty-four-seven. He was rated a ninety. So, uh, congrats to uh, Charles for for making that call. I think Charles also rated Lenore Sellers the highest of any evaluator out there as well. So. At least somebody's paying attention to uh, in state talent, right?
3: Somebody's, somebody is paying attention. There's no doubt. And, uh, yeah. and hopefully, like- uh, yeah. Go ahead.
4: No, Charles is my boy. I was going to say his brother, Andrew, played tight end at Carolina and he gets in our chat box sometimes. And his mm-hmm. other brother, James, played tight end at Marshall and was really good. So, hey, he, uh, you know, just congratulate, yeah. Congratulations to him. I can't, yeah, he's one of those other guys. That, uh, we're, we're spreading a lot of love today, so I'd spread love his way as
5: well. Charles Power,
3: I say, uh, um, 76 said, um, maybe he can have 200 plus yards against Vandy. Well, I tell you this 76, if he does, that'd be the first time in school history that a wide receiver's have back to back games of 200 yards or more. We will see. Elsewhere in the SEC this weekend, Bama at Kentucky. We will come back to that here in just a little bit. Tennessee at Missouri at 3.30 tomorrow on uh, CBS. That is a one-and-a-half-point spread if you have been asleep at the wheel this week and haven't paid attention, actually, as of this morning, it's up to two. So, Tennessee now two-point favorites over the Tigers. Auburn is at Arkansas. Can Arkansas get on a little roll here? We mm-hmm. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about their schedule and how the end of the year could be, a, 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 could give them a chance to, to do some things, kind of same boat the Gamecocks are in. Well, they went to Florida last week. They hung 39 on the Gators. After losing six straight, they got the victory in the Swamp. Now they've got Auburn. Next week, they have FIU, and then after that, they host 14th-ranked Missouri. Keep in mind, this is all coming off of a lot of very close losses, and that's why I think that no matter what happens here, Sam Pittman will return in 2024. They lost, shouldn't have lost to Mississippi State in their mind, but they lost 7-3. to three. They went to Alabama and got beat by three points. They only lost by a touchdown on the road uh, in Oxford against Ole Miss. Um, they only lost by three points on the road in Baton Rouge against LSU. They lost by seven against BLU. They've had a bunch of issues. They've had OC issues. Uh, they've been very close, so we'll see. Uh, but they're going to try to get their second in a row against Auburn at four tomorrow. All, Ole Miss and Georgia is the primetime headliner game. Game day is in town for that. In uh, Athens, 7 o'clock on ESPN. I'm imagining here that Chris and Kirk are calling it. Florida is at LSU. Um, Guys, it doesn't doesn't look great at this point in time for the Gators following that loss I just mentioned. And then Mississippi State tomorrow night is at uh, Texas A&M at 7.30. I want to circle back, though, and I think y'all will like this. I did a little extra research. JC, you're quite the historian, so you probably are going to already know everything that I'm going to say here. Um, mad dog uh, Alabama and Kentucky if you if you're thinking and we'll pick the game later, but if you're thinking well you, you don't see that often, you couldn't be any more right um, now they have played in Tuscaloosa in 2016 and in 2020, but they have not played in Lexington since 2013 the all-time series record is Alabama 38, Kentucky 2. This is what you might want to call the Bear Bryant Bowl, if you will, but it's not much of one. And those two wins were in 1997 and in 1922, 101 years ago. So I decided – I would go back and do a little bit of research and figure out what the world was doing back in 1922 and (laughs) alongside 1997, because 97, although it doesn't seem that long ago, it was 26 years ago, boys and girls. Some of the folks in our chat box that know more than everybody (laughs) on the planet, like I once did at 26, weren't even born yet. So... I decided. Well, let's take a look. Well, so back in 1997, the last win for the Wildcats in this series, which did come in Lexington, 40 to 34. Google was just registered as a domain name. Wow! A, a new oh, no. home. A the median cost of a new home in America was 176 thousand dollars. You can't buy a bathroom for 176 thousand dollars anymore. The median household income was $37,000 in the United States in 1997. That's hard to believe, but it's true. The retail price for a gallon of gas, $1.22. Seinfeld was the number one TV show. And the number one song that day, and I know that it's still in JC's playlist, was Boys to Men, Four Seasons of Loneliness. Take your back to 1922 when it was a little bit different back then. The president was a guy named Warren G. Harding and the vice president, also was president at one point in time, Calvin Coolidge. Christian K. Nelson patented and invented the Eskimo Pie Ice Cream Bar. Phil, it changed the world for the better. Uh, Really? Christian K. Nelson Eskimo Pie. On May 5th in the Bronx, Construction began on Yankee Stadium. The last Yankee, the Stadium. first one, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: right. <laughs> Prohibition was going; it was illegal to purchase alcohol in the yeah, United States. Yeah. Legally which, drink, which, which is crazy because that was the 1920s were one of the most party up, uh, freaking. Yeah drunk fests in in the history of our country
3: well they were called the roaring 20s for a reason i mean it was times were good but the the average retail price for a gallon of gas was up a little bit at 33 cents per gallon annual average annual income in america that year was just a shade over two thousand dollars two thousand one hundred and sixty the average cost of a new car was five hundred and fifteen dollars you could rent a home for fifteen dollars a month, and the average cost to build a new home was six thousand two hundred and ninety-six. That probably doesn't even cost the, the afford the mirror in some folks' homes around here. But most importantly, January seventeenth, nineteen twenty-two was a very important day in American history. Uh, actress, comedian, and producer, the great Betty White, was born. Wow. She did die back in nineteen twenty-one, but she was born. I mean, in 2021, but she was born in 1922. And that, my friends, is what happened in the years in which Alabama has lost to Kentucky in football.
4: Well, at
6: 97,
3: oh.
4: guess who the OC o- was? One Mike Leach.
6: Uh, John, money you got him. married in 1922. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Hey, somebody asked John how old he is here. He, he said the years wife and him got married, 1922. They might be the oldest humans in the history of the world. John, Caulfield. John, what are
6: you doing to take good care of yourself there? John was a photo. Pri-
3: <laughs> picture it didn't happen.
4: He was a prison. See, he was a prison guard in Mississippi in the 40s, and they had this this uh, of, gigantic guy named John. Oh, well, now Caulfield. wait a second
3: here. John they came
4: see, in yeah. and they executed him, and now he's 121 years old.
3: Well, if he's 105, <laughs> his parents I know that kids got uh, married early back then, but uh. John, you get married at the ripe old age of four, so that would be a little... It's
6: an arranged marriage. Oh, I'm there's the going. Chicken cock. Yeah, he just... He's like,
4: Bur- he's like Burgess Meredith on Grumpy Old Men. He's like, yeah. I <laughs> eat bacon and drink whiskey every day. I like that guy. Burgess Meredith was a hell of an actor, by the way. Yeah, the he he was John, was, I'm with you. Chief Mickey Chief
3: cock keeps me young, too, just so you know.
8: <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah. yeah, that 97, I remember going to the Carolina, well, it was one of the few highlights of the Brad Scott era. I think Arturo Freeman picked off Tim. Was it Tim? It was Tim Couch, I think a couple, Tim or, Calvary. you know, or they may, may have had Dusty Bonner by then, but, uh, wow, Tim. K- Kentucky had some signs of life like right there under Hal Mummy. And they were, I remember they went down and played Spurrier and, Got beat 56 38 or something. Spurs like, well, shoot, couldn't stop them all day, but uh, but I remember they came to Columbia and that 97 Gamecock team beat them with Anthony Wright 38 24. Then they turned around and beat Alabama. Um, and that, that, I, that 97 team was disappointing because had Anthony Wright not gotten hurt, I think Carolina's in the mix at Tennessee to pull that massive upset, and I, I think they definitely beat Clemson that year and don't fall apart at halftime because. They're not. Yeah. They, they're not running a stupid reverse pass with a fourteen to six lead in the second quarter that changed the momentum of the game. But anyway. We
3: are out of time in our number two. We'll pick that game I just mentioned and more. But uh, oh. fun facts about nineteen twenty two and nineteen ninety seven. In case any of you were around for either of those big victories for the Wildcats, actually good news a host guy against
5: it. Uh,
1: yeah,
4: remind me to talk about uh, what former Arkansas D. N. Jake Paquette said about Sam Pittman when we get back. Mm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. is this job safe? Probably. Uh, we'll find out. Keep, winning. Know, Ma- Keep Mike, winning. Mike. actually, Mike Morgan keeps talk, alluding to this. Though sometimes Mike will get on something. He'll hear something from somewhere, and he he. I didn't think they'd fire Sam Pittman at all. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's ominous. It's ominous in Hogland.
3: Plenty to get to in hour three. Don't go anywhere. Gamecock Traditions, 30% off all T-shirts right now, but it ends this week. GamecockTraditions.com. We're built by the BarndoCo. We'll be right back.
1: And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County.
4: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, seer of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sirfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane, in the upstate for your real estate needs.
3: Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare.
8: Columbia and go game Cops.
3: Of the work week, final hour of the work week here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Cinerama Studios. Welcome back, JC, JB, and Phil, here until two o'clock. Just 57 minutes to go, and then it's off to the liquor cabinet and the chicken cock <laughs> we go. Uh, our weekend, uh, kind of moving along. We all look nice today because of our friend Perry at Britton's in Columbia on Divine Street. and. If you can't get there before the game, maybe Monday. If you're planning to go see DeCarry on Joiner at the Food Lion on Divine, down you know on the other side of of Belt Line there, the old Gamecock Pilot. We all know where Gamecock Pilot was. That is now Food Lion, and he'll be doing that's okay. God. His uh, he'll be doing his uh, food <laughs> drive there for Thanksgiving coming up on Monday afternoon at five p.m. And that was from our friend Chase Belt yesterday. Was she joined us from Park Avenue? So if you're gonna be in that neck of the woods, why don't you just mosey on down Divine Street and stop in and see Perry and his team? And maybe you can get one of these sweet, snazzy looking shirts that we have on, or anything else that might fit you. Might be a long sleeve South Carolina shirt, might be shoes, might be a belt, might be pants.
4: I'm gonna say this suit, the the puffy vest, because it's gonna be cold tomorrow. The puppy puffy vest, blah 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 blah, 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 blah. The puffy vest is awesome. Uh, I went in there with Keith uh, when Keith was in town and Keith got one and uh, there's a picture on the Carolina rise, uh, Instagram for those of you that will look at it. Uh, and he got one of those from Perry. I mean, it is, it's, it's quality and it'll keep you warm. Uh, yeah, I, I, if I were in town this week and unfortunately I had to cancel my trip at the last minute for personal reasons, um, I would definitely be going by and seeing about one of those puffy vests. Uh,
3: man. Ooh. Well, they're, they're smoking. Unique so line of bow
6: ties too, if you're a bow tie guy.
3: Yeah. If you're a bow tie guy or just a tie guy, they have those in there too. And Deal. they can also, uh, they can also, uh, get you fitted in the suit that you need. We've got the spring coming up as we well know, we'll get through the holidays and then you get to the spring and guess what? That means wedding season starts to kick back in and, and then you look around and go, oh, blank. I don't have a I don't have a suit for this time of the year. Go see Perry at Britain's. We can't thank him enough for making us look good here on Inside the Game Cox.
4: I look skinnier yeah. when I wear my Britain shirts. And I am mm-hmm. scared to get a mm-hmm. suit right now because I'm scared of what, my measurements are gonna come back
3: <laughs> We mentioned that uh Xavier Get could climb the ladder this weekend, boys and girls. So can Spencer Rattler. He did last week, three ninety nine through the air and He's now just 110 yards shy of Phil Petty uh, to be eighth all-time on the passing yards list at South Carolina. He's he's not going to get any higher than fifth, and if he does get to fifth, he'll knock out Connor Shaw, and he'll probably get there because Connor Shaw is only 532 yards ahead of him, and um, and then Spencer Rattler will be in the top five all-time in passing yards at South Carolina in just two years Todd Ellis, Steve Tannehill, Steven Garcia, and Jake Bentley are numbers one through four. All of them played for four years in Columbia. Spencer would be the only one in the top five who played for just half of that. So just imagine if you had him for four years, he probably would have blown every record ever known to man around here. Um, he would have blown, blown the doors off of it. And he also might set the record for completion percentage all time. Connor has that at 65 and a half, but right now Spencer's, is at 67.7 since he's been in Columbia. And um, he's got a pretty good chance to to get that one too, guys. So he's got a big opportunity for another big game against a, a Vanderbilt defense that, although they lead the SEC in interceptions, if you haven't paid attention, they also give up a ton of yards through the air.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, Steven didn't really so, – so some of those guys didn't necessarily have four. Todd had 3.75 because he got hurt at the end.
6: Well, but Steve, Yeah, but they were here he got for four years, though. Oh, they, yeah, were, around. they were around. Yeah, two, yeah.
4: Oh, for but, two seasons. Yeah. He, yeah, his career is a lot like Bobby Fuller. Y'all remember Bobby Fuller from the mm-hmm. Sparky Woods era? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the era, parent Todd, He transferred in from Map State. He was here two years. Th- he threw it pretty well. I think he got about 25, 2,600 yards a year. Uh, number twenty. We're at number twenty. <laughs> but all uh, right, so it's it's kind of similar to Bobby Fuller in that in that aspect. But uh, Spencer's a special talent, and you're right. I mean, he. He's a ten thousand yard career passer. South Carolina's has never ever had that. Jake had Jake play got not gotten hurt in twenty nineteen. He would had he had a really special season. I think he could have maybe gotten there because he had the he had the numbers and he was on track to breaking Todd's record before he broke his foot. But um, yeah, uh, that's, that's great. Spencer deserves it. He deserves to go down in history. He's a really good person. Has been a great Gamecock and will be a great ambassador. Uh, for the school moving forward, in my opinion,
3: yeah, I think I think you know when you look at the game this weekend again, you know Vanderbilt, um, they've given up a lot of points, and uh, they're 114th in the nation in pass defense. That's in that. So here's what's so strange about that, right? Hmm. And this is why it, it's very similar to South Carolina. And this is what I was saying. I get it, turnovers matter, but at the end of the day, they also don't matter. Like, you either can put a hat on a hat or you can't put a hat on a hat, right? I mean, I'm sorry. It just is what it is. I mean, Vanderbilt turns it over, too. And they've they've picked guys off 11 times this year. That's the most in the league. But yet, they're 114th in the nation in pass defense. And in the SEC, they give up 37.25 points per game. They turn you over, but they only give up 40 points per game. Who's that sound like? So, I mean, you know, I I, – I, I, that needs to be fixed on the on the Carolina side as it pertains strictly to this game this week. And you know, Spencer Rattler has been pretty good with the football. Most of his turnovers, I think we've all figured this, you know, we, we should all realize this, have been we're down, we're trying to come back. I'm under pressure. I'm just kind of heaving it up there and let's see what happens type deal. It's been very few that have just been poorly thrown. Um so I think he's got a chance to have a big game uh tomorrow. Here's an here's y'all wanna hear an interesting stat. JC, you talk about this all the time. You'll like this one then. It's for the Vandy defense. Clark Lee's the head coach, um, so we know that he probably has a lot to do with this. All right. So, in the second quarter, the Commodores—sorry—have been outscored one twelve to fifty-two. All right, that that ain't very good. Uh, They've been outscored by sixty points. Sixty points in the second quarter. Woo! In the third quarter. They've been outscored just 58-46. to So, obviously, they get to halftime, and they get some things figured out. And, you know, that's been something that, that, you know, South Carolina, very similar here, once again, you know, not getting the adjustments made because they don't have a good first quarter either. And then they get to halftime, and then, you know, able to get things done. We'll have to see how it works out this weekend.
4: That's interesting. A lot of those games, too, with Nandy, though, JB, they're – Pretty big scores. Same as South Carolina, though. I mean, you're right. And it's, uh, it's a similar type of deal. Um, it's, uh, you know, and, and, and then things can't – it would be nice if things did not start going south defensively in the second quarter for the Gamecock Saturday. Because that's when it starts happening. Like, midway – you know, about Series 3, it seems like the other team makes adjustments. South Carolina does not. And they start figuring things out. So, that's – uh that's kind of like when Wally Burnham used to match wits with Steve Spurrier mm-hmm. when he was with the Gators. I remember every, almost without exception, Carolina come out and, you know, Brad Scott was a pretty good play caller, pretty good offensive coach. Carolina come out and, you know, they, they catch them with their pants down on defense, maybe score an early touchdown or get a field goal. And then the Gamecocks would get a big stop and everybody's like, ah! you know, the stadium's electric and. You know, then maybe maybe they'd force a punt on the next one, but then Spurrier would start like, okay, all right, well, who, all right, here's number 52 or, and or, or whatever Shane Burnham's number was, 40, whatever his number was. And I just can I yeah. run Redell Anthony right smash him up with, with this guy. 79 yards later, <laughs> you know, all the <laughs> Gators are off to the races and they end up hanging half a hundred. Uh, you know, that was just uh, – I saw that movie over and over again. It's not – it's not quite as similar, but it's uh, it's not quite the same. But it's there. There are shades of that when you watch this defense. The uh, just with the the other, you know, because they they the last few games they've actually gotten stops early. Mm-hmm. They they've a and m was a good start. Missouri was a good start. They got to start stop. They stopped Missouri first series. Uh, they were stopping Jack State. And I don't know, the other, the other, like I said, I've said this all year, the other side has coaches too.
3: Yep, exactly. And, you know, they, again, there's, there's a lot of, um, there, there are similarities that both, I mean, I know that people don't want to hear that, but I got news for you. It's true. Like there are similarities between these teams. I just mentioned the defense and stuff. I mean, they punt it well, they punt it better in the game coach too Can you believe that? It's hard to believe, isn't it? But you know, yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, Matthew Hayball is the is their punter, and I don't know if y'all realize this, but he leads all active punters across all divisions, all of them, every one of them, (laughs) every one. FCS, D two, D three, D nine, all of them, the whole nine, the whole deal, with twelve thousand four hundred and fifty career punting yards, and um, he's one of only two active guys that have eclipsed the twelve thousand mark. So. Yeah, he's he's he leads the SEC. He's second among FBS punters this season with an average of forty eight point six. He's punted it forty one times. He's a weapon for those guys. You know, he's a weapon for those guys. So, you know, the thing with Vanderbilt is, you know, they haven't been able to stop anybody on defense through the air unless they get an unless they get a turnover. They just can't they just can't stop anybody. They flip the field on you in a hurry, but they can't stop anybody. You know, and in a, a South Carolina team that. If we have seen the struggles from time to time up front on the offensive side of the football, and, you know, a couple of things go the wrong way, and you could look up and wonder why in the world are we in a tight game with Vanderbilt. That's probably why right there. So, we'll see. I'm not anticipating that. I think I think Carolina will be ready to go. But, but you know, those little things, you know, Vandy's the second least penalized team in the league, so they're not beating themselves in penalties. And, you know, like those are the little things you got to do right, but you also have to have a little bit of talent, and they just, they just don't have a bunch of that right now outside of their – Quarterback, their only fans quarterback, Ken Seals.
4: Only fan. Well, the other quarterbacks, AJ Swan was good. I don't know what happened to him. I guess he's hurt or benched. He I
3: got banged know. up. His last start was the Kentucky game, I believe.
4: Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's just a the losing Ray Davis kind of is, is, i think.
3: crushed him. Yeah, I think they were building it around him, weren't their, they? Their
4: offense would be quite potent, uh, you know, because they can make big plays. So, um, it's, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's a shame, you know, and that's the downside of the transfer portal. And, you know, uh, reading, I don't know if it was in the chat box or or somewhere else that a Vandy uh, talk show host was like, look, Vanderbilt's got like no NFL players on their roster, you know, maybe some, some undrafted free agents. And then they've got 5% of the NIL money. Everybody else does. They put all of their NIL money at Vanderbilt into baseball. So to, to continue to make those scholarships the most valuable scholarships in the sport of college baseball yeah. in the country. So uh, I get it, uh, you know, but that's uh, – I I just – this game this weekend aside, Clark Lee, you know, Clark Kent, uh, whoever <laughs> you bring in there, Bill Clark, who actually would be a pretty good fit for Randy – They're all that program is going to suffer for because of kind of how it's set up. And it's just, uh, I feel bad for Barton and my friends there. But if you're that behind the eight ball, plus you're a tough academic school, so kids kind of maybe that's just not their thing. They do want to play in the SEC, so they get there and they shine. And then all of a sudden, hey, come here, it's easier academically. I mean, I that that's that's as much as you worry from a Carolina standpoint about NIL, and the portal, if I'm Vandy, I'm just sitting there going, man, what do we, what, what's the answer here? Yeah. You know, you can try to out-evaluate people, but then you're good. You, you are getting rated. You know, uh, we talk talked about it around here, like, Oh, South Carolina's going to become a minor league team. No, that, that, that that's not the sit. That's not, they'll lose some, but it's not, it's nothing compared to what's going on at Vanderbilt
3: right now. So it's, yeah.
4: Oh, he, he was on Bill King today. Craig says, so
3: that's well, it. Yeah. And who was it yesterday? Somebody, somebody somewhere said, uh, I think it was in the chat, you never know what's going to come out of the chat box. Um, you know, God, the Vanderbilt is just terrible for the SEC. Can't the can't we just get rid of them? Now, why would you want to do that? <laughs> right. I mean No, don't make uh, it no,
6: we need Vanderbilt.
4: Everybody, well, I'm sorry, yes. but yeah,
3: yeah. everybody uh, needs a Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's why you're not in charge of anything more than likely. Like, why would oh, yeah. you make your life more difficult? Um, I, think, I think, you know, there's a need. There, you know, you need Vanderbilt
4: and Kentucky. You need Kentucky to go back to being in Kentucky, which I would not be surprised if that happened soon, um, especially if you keep an eye on the Iowa job.
3: Uh, and then – I'm with you, JC. Can I interrupt you real quick? I'm not um, – I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I I absolutely disagree. Mike and I talked about this other day. Well, they're not firing uh, Mark Stoops. I, I and, and I'm not say, I'm not saying that they will. I know what you're saying is if Ferentz goes, Mark might be like, I've done it, all I can do here. I'm going to ease out the back door and and you know and, and move on and do do other things that fit my style a little bit better. It's not really fitting me here in the SEC. With all of that being said. I also believe that, you know, if they can't win any games to finish the season um, and there might be they might not be able to based on what they've got left, Bama at South Carolina and Louisville. I, I don't know that I would put it past Kentucky's leadership to say, I think we're going to make a change here. I don't care yeah. that we just gave you a new contract because And the only reason I'm saying this, I wouldn't have said this two, three, four years ago or any other time in human history. It doesn't matter. We are seeing the rules rewritten every single week, every year. And it just doesn't matter. If somebody with enough pull walks in and says, I'm done with him. And if you get rid of him and you move on and do this, you got another chip. You're in the middle of NIL every day. I got your NIL right here. It's called bourbon money. Okay. But I ain't doing it till he's gone. He's gone. I got news for everybody. He'll be, he'll disappear. So. I'm just saying, I, I'm not. I, I'm not that convinced that that he's just he's fine and it's all good. He's no not a lifer,
4: else. man. I mean, that's I a good. It. It's a sweet gig because I don't know that they'd fire him if he goes five and seven. I mean, he's done so much. Uh, he's the winningest coach in school history there, but that Kentucky does have a ceiling. Uh, I think he put the plan in place where it can reach its ceiling. Um, I think Iowa, if you even even with expanding to the West Coast, I mean, it's like Mike said yesterday, speaking of Morgan, in the middle of the SEC is a bloodbath. It is a bloodbath because you're, you know, he just went to Starkville. All right. So now you got to go play Bama. All right. That's not the middle. That's the top. When you got to go to South Carolina, that's not easy, you know, and and they schedule crap early to get wins to get the but. That, that's about it, you know, and it, it, it they're not going forward either. They had those couple 10-win seasons, and they're, they're not getting any better. So, I mean, it, sometimes you just run. I mean, he's been there, what, uh, I think 10 years. First year was 2013. Sometimes it's time to go. And the, all those Stoops boys went to Iowa, man. Right. They played for Hayden Fry. They're yeah. Hawkeyes, right? They got yeah, a lot they, of pride. Uh, in Man, that right. in that program, I and mean, it, it's not talked about enough because Kirk Ferentz has been there since uh, you know mankind they, they, since they wrote the book of Revelation. Yeah. Uh, you know he's he's been there; for, he's he's timeless, he's eternal. Uh, his son's terrible, <laughs> uh, and, and but he's been there for a long, long time, and and they, they they do a great job. But it's really kind of it's the same job as Kentucky, where you got to go find guys and develop and all that. But it, they don't play the same schedule Kentucky does. They, I mean, right. they, they, you know, you got Iowa State and State, and then you got, uh, you know, the Big Ten is is a crapshoot. I mean, and I'm telling you, the West Coast teams coming in, I think Oregon's going to be fine. I think Washington, UCLA, Southern Cal, they, they're in for a rude awakening when they have to get in the, on a plane again, like twice in November. And go to Iowa and Minnesota back to back or Wisconsin or Michigan or some the cold places. I mean, and play that brand of football where they're gonna line up and beat your face to a pulp. I mean, that's that's totally different than what they do out there. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be scared <laughs> if I were Mark Snoops. I wouldn't be scared to take Iowa. I mean, because I, I think you got a better chance of being in the top three or four in that league and their top two, they're making a playoff. You know, Kentucky. you you better draw seven when it rotates that are not, that are all down at the same time. And then hope Carolina's down because that's your permanent to even think about maybe getting there. I mean, it's, it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. So if you're South Carolina, I think, because they are the permanent opponent, you'd love to see Kentucky go back to being struggle Kentucky, Kentucky. right? You beat them twice. You know, it's a always a beautiful trip. Go to Keeneland, get a win, and that's it. You know, Man, come good. on. <laughs> exactly.
3: You know, yeah. and,
4: and, and <laughs> Carolina, the, the Missouri situation is a little concerning too. I mean, divisions are going away, and you're not going to have to play Missouri every year. But, uh, you know, the, the, there's some of those schools, Ole Miss rising is a problem. You know Arkansas; they need to stay down because now, without divisions, they're all right there on your on your level. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you're Carolina, and you, you know, because it does matter if other schools are down and, and not up, you know, does path of least resistance? I think that's kind of what you're hoping.
3: Well, as it pertains to Mark Stoops directly, guys, the reason, in my, this is my opinion here. I know he's got four ranked wins in the last two years. The reason Mark Stoops is still at Kentucky. He's beaten Florida four out of the last six years. That's why he's still at Kentucky. So and, he's, uh, and he's
4: owned Louisville too. And
3: and, and he's he, right, yeah. right. And um, but uh, you know they beat Florida this year. We'll see how it all works out with Louisville. Uh, the Cardinals tried to give it away last night, but they did not do so. All right, uh, we do need to step aside. It is one twenty-three. Still got to get to our picks coming up here in just a little while. We're part of the chief sports network which is uh, brought to you by our friends at dixie vodka that'll be my drink of choice first thing in the morning tomorrow we'll switch to the chicken cock a little bit later as the sec slate uh, rolls around Uh, if you've never had their pepper vodka by the way it makes the best bloody mary it's really fantastic i don't even know how else to explain it so uh, give it a try when we get back it is a big weekend for gamecock athletics also a big weekend for high school football here in the Palmetto State. We'll make our picks and more, and we sure hope that you'll hang with us for another 36 minutes. Mad Dog in control. Inside the Gamecocks, the show will be right back.
0: Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate... We can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south.
3: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes and more And they sell to consumers all across the state And offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle Help you handle the southern heat better But still get great exercise Bikes are available all ages and sizes ElectricBikesCharleston.com Or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant Electric Bites of Charleston, powering Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Woo! Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina
4: today, sweetie.
0: One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go with alone. But
6: because you've become my own. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down.
1: to tell Margaret. Because you've become my home.
3: One twenty-eight inside the Gamecocks, the show dressed up today from Britain's in Columbia on Divine Street. Uh, Football, although it will be kicked off tomorrow at noon, and that clearly is the main topic of conversation, uh, is not the only thing ongoing. As a matter of fact, everything begins this evening. And no, I don't mean men's basketball. The 16th ranked women's soccer team will be playing in the NCAA tournament the 11th straight season. They'll be hosting James Madison. They're the seventh seed, and they'll be uh, in uh, Columbia for a six o'clock matchup, and it will be televised on ESPN Plus as well. So you can head on over to the graveyard if you'd like, and we'll watch the Gamecocks try to advance in the uh, women's soccer, uh, in in the women's NCAA uh, postseason tournament if they do advance they will more than likely be making the trip to Palo Alto, California to take on the Stanford Cardinal without an S, unless Stanford is upset tonight by Pepperdine, who happens to be the cousin of Salt Dine, for those that were wondering. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens out there tonight. But um, if Carolina wins, they'll probably have to head to the left coast to take on the Stanford. It's so weird. you know, Pepperdine, Stanford, Cardinal. I mean, come on, man. You know, there's supposed to be an S on the end of that. You know, it's all wacky in California. So Pepperdine let's hope waves, Pepperdine I wins. Think
4: the waves.
3: Go Pepperdine. Pepperdine yeah. wins. Gamecocks bring them to Columbia.
4: If I were a basketball coach, I'd take the Pepperdine job. You know, that bad boy's out on like Malibu,
3: mm-hmm.
4: right on the Pacific oh. Ocean. Mm-hmm. It's Weathery. one of the most – look it up. It's one of the most gorgeous campuses out there. I think it's also where Mike Leach went to law school.
3: Oh right. Pepper, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe not, yeah. But I, I mean think. it
4: is a you know, you see these beautiful shots of California outside of the, the shots we see these days, and man, that's that's prime uh beauty, uh Pepperdine's campus. Stanford has a beautiful campus too. I've been there many times for work. Mm-hmm. Uh for uh, mm-hmm. the Stanford Nike camp was always a big deal. Um and uh love that campus. Just uh, and you compare it to Cal, Cal looks like everything stopped in 1969 and there was no progress made. <laughs> uh, and then, but Stanford is like beautiful. I mean, it's uh it's great, and man. Makes me want to go out there. I just want to go out there. Not, not until they clean all the people pooping on the street and stuff up though. Cause I, I think I'd be disappointed.
3: Oh no, no. Remember they, 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 California is perfectly run. At least that's what they, that's what they tell us. Uh, 930 tonight on the ACC network. You can watch it. The, Gamecocks are going to go 2-0 to open the 23-24 basketball season against Virginia Tech. South Carolina is the home team in this from the Spectrum Center up in Charlotte, unless you're planning to go to the game. But also, let me remind you that our dear friends, the very, very, very talented, one of the best play-by-play guys in all of the country, Derek Scott. He'll have it on the air with Casey Manning. It's a 9.30 tip. 9 o'clock is when they'll uh, be on the air on the Gamecock Radio Network, Virginia Tech is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in the ballgame. Gamecocks, again, looking to go 2-0. This would be a nice, maybe potentially quad one-type win down the road. And then coming up on Sunday in the friendly confines of Colonial Life Arena, another early season challenge, or maybe not. Who knows? Uh, we'll see if there's any jet lag that's involved with the Gamecocks returning from Paris after they thoroughly stomped and embarrassed Notre Dame and an, another continent. But back on this continent, Maryland's going to try to come down and see what they can get done against the six-ranked Gamecocks and uh, Don Staley and Malaysia Full Wiley and the entire cast and crew of Gamecock women's basketball looking to, uh, to put a halt to that. They thumped Maryland last year. They're planning to do it again. It is a top-15 matchup at 1 o'clock on ABC on Sunday. So it's a big weekend. Nice. A uh, lot of opportunities in basketball, certainly in football, and in soccer as well uh, to all of the Gamecocks that are playing. Congratulations. Go get them. Good luck and go Gamecocks.
4: All right. So I got, I, got, I got a little funny because nobody really pays attention. to People may have missed this. So Vanderbilt and basketball men's, you know, they, they got – Jerry Stackhouse got kind of beat up in the portal this past year, including Miles Studios now at Carolina. They dropped a game to the mighty Presbyterian Blue Hose on oh, Tuesday. Yeah. I saw that. And <laughs> uh and they've got upstate tonight.
6: Mm-hmm. 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 And so, this at- uh, yeah, yep,
4: yep. look out for that now. Um, yep. that's big time. And then uh at 6 uh, 7 p.m. tonight on SEC Network. If you're waiting for the Carolina game to start, you can listen to our uh, good friend Mike Morgan. Call Wake Forest at Georgia.
3: Oh, dynamite Georgia. drop in money! That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. You're right about that. Yeah, glad you mentioned that. I, yeah. I and, forgot uh, the golden tones were on the air tonight.
4: Yeah, Virginia, Florida is the is. Uh, there's actually three games in Charlotte today. The first one's like Charlotte and somebody else, but then Virginia and Florida. That's at seven. Uh, cavaliers yep. and gators and then uh gamecocks and Hokies after that so yeah, nice, lots of a good basketball Spectrum
3: center. is right up the road there in old Stegman Coliseum.
4: The Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's an aggregate yep. yep. Georgia does not really it, it, people, people complain about Carolina and what they fund they have they no clue.
3: I know. Go to, to Georgia, Georgia and tell me what you think.
4: Georgia is <laughs> yeah. they, they fund yeah. football and tennis. <laughs> Yeah. That's it. Yep.
3: Exactly. It's embarrassing. I'll be. I'll be honest. And I'm glad. I hope. I hope this doesn't change because if it does, we're in big trouble around here. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing that they've just let the baseball team float through the wilderness forever and ever and ever. There was a time where every even year they were really good. Yeah. Oh six, oh eight, ten, twelve. You know, whatever it was. they've never really invested. It's. It is a neat ballpark when you go there and see it. I mean, it's okay. I played there. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. Ball flies out of there. It's. Short fortune, right? They got a bunch of drunk kids in right field and a fraternity house. They at you and talk about your girlfriend and stuff, which is pretty normal in the SEC. Um, and then, um, you know, but outside of that, they just haven't done a whole lot. And it's kind of, it's kind of stupid. And I'll tell you why. Because every country, I mean, every, well, maybe every country now that I'm thinking about it, but every school in the country with a pulse when it comes to the game of baseball recruits Atlanta, which is an hour from Athens. You don't have to go that far to get your players. Like it's, it's, you don't have to go anywhere. It's it's right there. It's Atlanta. You can I mean, you've got every program in the nation playing in Atlanta. And, and, and no matter so.
4: how many different alumni bases are in Atlanta, Georgia, still king. I mean, ever that yes. state is seventy five percent dog. I mean, and it's, it's ludicrous. Uh, it's crazy. And look, but they um. They, they are building some kind of like clubhouse renovations or something for the like, player, matter. lounges and stuff. But, the, but the, the big thing that I called on, well, the Kendall Rogers and guys like that were saying was that they don't, like most states will waive, because baseball doesn't give it 11.7 scholarships. Most baseball programs waive out-of-state tuition fees, right? Um, and uh, so you pay in-state tuition. So your financial obligation is not, not at Georgia. They refuse to do it. I mean, I'm like, wow. I mean, still, if you you, you could, you should probably still be able to build it within state, guys. But that just kind of shows you that. I mean, they've been they've remodeled Stegman a few times. I mean, they actually get better crowds in there than they used to. But man, it's a, it's a barn. Uh, you know, even any places like Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn that, that had very aging. I mean, Alabama's got a new basketball arena coming online here soon. Uh, aging places like that's a place
3: to give you a headache when you look at the ceiling oh Oh, yeah
4: but it's uh seriously
3: phil like i know you you like to do your uh like the those lsd gummies that you do like when you you, however you do you shove them up your nose or whatever you do i'm just kidding dude uh alabama's alabama's basketball stadium when you walk in you look up at the ceiling and it's striped if no. you've been drinking, <laughs> you're like, you're like oh, it's uh, it's an experience. But um, I heard right, somebody uh, saying uh,
6: that it yeah. was similar to uh, TCU's basketball floor
3: is dizzying. I can see I, that it's got the horn it. frog in it, right? Doesn't it have yeah, the horn frog a, in it? Yeah, did they yeah. design mm-hmm. it with it? Yeah,
4: ah, uh-huh. the all bulls. Had a red floor the other day,
3: and it that's, gave me. I couldn't even watch insane. the game. I couldn't really? even
4: watch the game. I have yeah. often and, thought and about was,
3: that. What if we had a garnet was, turf field at Williams Bryce Stadium? Oh, hell no!
4: <laughs> I wouldn't be able to see the ball fumble. Well, really? <laughs> yeah,
3: there How do they I see out? What is that? How Eastern hot Washington?
4: would, that, how hot would that get too?
3: Not as hot as you think because the way that they make it now, how it how the they so they they make some of these turf fields now and that we're getting off on a tangent here, but they make turf fields now the way that the drain you know, there's like seven layers underneath them. Yeah. And you got all kinds of stuff. But what they actually have under it, it ain't cheap now. But they 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 do have fans down there that can either cool or can can trap the heat and then push it out wherever. Now if you happen to be standing around wherever that is and God knows where where the heat's coming out, you're there it's probably gonna kill you. But um but yeah, they have all these different systems now that are underneath that that will that will basically either suck the heat out or or cool the, the turf. So it's not like what you think it it's not like the old days, you know what I mean? Remember the turf we used to run around, you know, back then that was that was <laughs> concrete so with, a, with a carpet on top of it. That wasn't bad even turf. Yeah, I mean it was literally, yeah, it was a concrete pad with like a, yeah.
6: a... Thick carpet pad yeah, and absolutely turf. Well, Williams was Price, not, like,
3: it, it was well, like well, if you went to your living room and pulled your rug outside and put it on your driveway, that's what they were playing on. Yeah, like yeah, who yeah, thought yeah. that was smart?
1: Well,
4: Williams Bryce <laughs> yeah. had that turf for a while. I mean, it was an astroturf. Oh, it was terrible! But look, no, there's no excuse, man. Look, and I know Ole Miss has a turf field, and, and some schools in the South do have it. I think Mandy too. But look, you're in the state of South Carolina. What What's South Carolina known for besides amazing hospitality, seafood, beaches, golf,
1: golf, right. Hey, you can yeah.
4: throw a rock and hit a golf course in the state. You can <laughs> grow damn grass on the football field,
1: period. Bill, you he should, you should, you should, you
4: should lead the nation state. in grass, right? You know, you seafood, should out-
3: beaches and golf. I'd go with beautiful I mean, dude, women, it, outstanding I mean, universities, <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing talk shows. You um, know I mean, that's
6: what you find out barbecue. when you're inside the confines. This is the outside looking in. Like, what does everybody else think of South Carolina? I just yeah, got to get here, and then you you see all of what you're talking about, JB, and you're like, "Well, damn, we need to live there now. We yeah. can't just visit." Oh, I, man, I, look I, at I,
3: look at this I, road I, system. Nobody I, nobody gets to move for an hour at a time. I'm coming right down. Let's I, hey, honey, I, I, have let's buddy up up I have a buddy up <laughs> here. i Beautiful. have a buddy up here. I go to the grocery store down there. You. Hop in the car. How far you got a mile? Oh, you'll be in the vehicle in your car for at least 30 minutes to <laughs> my a mile. Oh yeah. Pack a lunch. <laughs> yeah. Go to the bathroom before you hop in.
4: Uh, I have a buddy named rich up here that I see. I, I see rich about once a year. We always meet at Tavern Friday of the first and second round of the NCAA tournament and gamble our bonkers off on the games. Uh, cause it's illegal here. Uh, but, uh, Rich texted me before we got on the air. He's going to Charleston this weekend. He's like, bar recommend. I, I, I gave him, he's like, recommendations. I was like, well, you know, it's Fort Sumter and, you know, the Battery and, you know, all these nice restaurants and stuff. And he's like, what about the bars? Just go down so I, I, I just said, I said, just go <laughs> to I was like, you'll find it. I, I think I gave him the name of this speakeasy place that I kind of liked when I was there. And he's like, what about sports bars like Tavern? I was like, oh, So I was like, I kind of paused and went. Carolina Ale House is pretty good. Um,
7: yeah. Try yeah. the grilled wings,
4: man. You know, I was like, I don't know, because yeah. uh, <laughs> all the bars in downtown Charleston are so damn bougie. You do, you don't know where you can catch a game. It's it's all old buildings and and, and class.
3: Yeah, well, uh, and Robbie often says, "Hey, we have class. It's just all very low." So, um, we. Uh, We'll leave that there. All right, uh, final timeout before we get there. Congratulations and best of luck to all of the high school football players. Again, there will be some joy and there will be some tears tonight. As many young men will walk off the field for the last time, many of them also will walk into next week and play in the third round of the playoffs. Uh, we talked to Coach Mangus earlier. Cardinal Newman and Hammond will be on the field kicking off at 7.30. Out at Hammond, so if you're in the area and you want to watch a good game tonight, they're both 9-2. and two. And you got uh, G.A. Mangus and that whole side of the, you know, Wheeler and, and and Jeff Barnes and Brewer and all those guys over there at uh, Hammond. And then you got Corey Helms and Perry and all them boys over at Cardinal Newman. So it's going to be a bunch of Gamecocks in there for that one. Dutch Fork and T.L. Hanna tonight at 730. Lucy Beckham is going to throttle Lancaster. No offense, Lancaster, but Beckham's going to beat the tar out of them tonight. Uh, Sumter will take on Denny McDaniel and uh, and uh, Stratford uh, tonight. At, is that wait? Yeah, yeah, that's tonight, seven thirty. Um, Spartberg and uh, JL Man tonight at uh, seven thirty. James Island and Hartsville pl- will play tonight. James Island, if you hadn't paid attention, is undefeated. They're eleven and zero. Hartsville is eight and three coming down to the island. Uh, so we'll see what the Trojans can do there. Uh, Daniel was undefeated at eleven and zero as well, and uh, they've got Ren tonight. Myrtle Beach and Irmo, how about that? A combined twenty and two between those two teams. The pride of Luke Doty, Myrtle Beach, and uh, fourth-ranked Irmo tonight. Uh, we'll we'll play in that one. How about Johnsonville and Lakeview? Eight and two, Johnsonville seven and three, uh, Lakeville in in that ball game. Abbeville is at ten and one. They'll host Newberry tonight. Gilbert and Hanahan. Gilbert's ten and one. Hanahan is seven and four. Berkeley and Somerville tonight. There's another low country team that's undefeated. The Wave are 11-0, a resurgence of sorts out there. Gaffney and Clover tonight uh, could be a really good one. Gaffney at 8-3, and, and Clover is at 9-2. Uh, Fort Dorchester is at undefeated. White Knoll, Fort, Do- Fort D, is 7-3 on the season. Bamberg, Earhart, hosts East Clarendon. Uh, and uh, Phillip Simmons and Brooklyn Casey, they're going to play tonight. Phillip Simmons is 10-1. Brooklyn Casey... Nine and two Hillcrest in Burns. Hillcrest Ooh. at nine and two. Burns at ten and one. In a big ball game uh, out there. Greenville is uh, hosting Greer tonight. Greenville at eight and three on the season. Greer at six and five. South Point, Midland Valley, Barnwell and Marion. A bunch of big games uh, across the state and uh, South Florence. 11-0 undefeated. They've got Richland Northeast looking good in that one. And a, a small game here, but both these teams have had tremendous years. We want to make sure that we uh, uh, recognize both of these ballgames, actually, I should say. Richard Wynn Academy is 10-1. and 1. Jefferson Davis Academy is 10-2. and 2. Somebody's going to have to go home in that one. And then Patrick Henry Academy and Dorchester Academy, both of them are 9-2. and 2. Someone's got to go home in that one as well. I know we couldn't name all the games, but we tried to get as many in there as we could. So, best of luck to all the high school football players tonight in uh, in the Palmetto State.
4: Bennett Swagger coaches the Hillcrest Rams.
3: Yeah, Bennett's playing my, my
4: boys tonight. So, Bennett's even fantastic. if uh, Burns does not win, and uh, we'll be definitely oh, happy for shoot. Bennett.
3: I mi- I missed one. I, I got to say this because I love him. He was my coach. One of my coaches, Paige Walford, in Northwestern at eleven and They've they've got six and five Greenwood tonight. The fighting DJ Swearingers, but go Northwestern, go Page and and go get them, boys. Hopefully, they get a big win.
1: Yeah.
4: It's been a while since Greenwoods had a prospect.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder, yeah. I wonder
4: if that area is probably going to start growing again as Greenville gets bigger. Because uh, I'm sure it's because of some of these schools that used to be good aren't because population loss. But I'm curious to see your Greenwoods, Clinton's, Lawrence's, Newberries of the world. Uh, population-wise as our state continues to fill up with people who are miserable elsewhere. <laughs>
6: yeah, I think so. Because yeah. I believe they're revitalizing their downtown down there in Greenwood. So that would make sense. Like that's really yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how I, it
3: starts.
4: <laughs> I heard I heard Woodruff did the same thing. Greer, Greer used to be a ghost town. Now downtown Greer's fun.
3: Oh, yeah. It's a happening little joint down there. It's i a, never
4: i never thought well, i'd say sense. hey let's go to greer it's a lot of fun
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> I never thought i'd say that of course i never thought <laughs> i'd say hillcrest was worth a crap in football either yeah right because uh, they were <laughs> used to be just we used to just beat their ass i mean they were kind of a basketball little kind of smallish i don't know not a lot of athletes at that school um malden and hillcrest both notorious were used to be terrible but uh Boy, they. When I moved back to Greenville in 2015, I, I I woke up and I realized Hillcrest had won a state championship. Uh, I, I, it was like it was like Castaway. I, you remember Castaway? <laughs> he comes back and he's like, "So we have a football team, but they're moving to Nashville now because you know he's from Memphis." Uh, I was like, "So you say like uh, Southside Christian, which didn't even have a team when I left, it just won a small state championship, and Christchurch had won a state championship, and they were notoriously terrible." Couldn't believe it. What's next? Eastside winning? Wade Hampton winning?
3: Nah. I'll tell you what's next. It's the end of the day. Because we've got to make our picks. So let's hit a timeout. And we'll get back and wrap it up here on Inside the Gamecocks,
1: the show.
7: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
1: Contact local
2: agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
3: This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey, guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products from tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran known Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Resin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and
5: Resin. company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet
1: product and it can go on any type of food.
8: It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious.
7: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
2: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
3: Segment of the week. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co., one of the nation's best builders, award winning builders. And your dream home could be built in four states, the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, by heading to the Barndominium Co. com. Picks presented today by our friends at Electric Bikes of Charleston, Electric Bikes dot com, where you can get around right town up to 28 miles per hour. You can even carry a beer with you. How about that? Sixty miles on a charge. Quick weather report for the ball game tomorrow. Is fifty-four degrees a high showers throughout the afternoon, light rain showers. It'll pick up tomorrow night. It's not gonna be the prettiest day to watch football, but you only get three more chances to do this until August thirty first of twenty twenty four. We've all been in rain before, and they do make jackets. So, strap one on and enjoy the day. Strap one on?
4: Did you just say strap one on and enjoy the day?
3: That's exactly what I said. Strap one on enjoy the day. And strap one on.
4: Strap one on. That's a great. great, I'll put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Uh, also, I didn't
3: mention it earlier, but 5.30 today, first pitch for game two of the Garnet and Black World series. If you'd like to check that out, as long as the rain holds off, they'll play it. Don't want to get anybody hurt. All right, let's make our picks. Veterans weekend. Phil has the veterans or the, uh, I should say, the military music jamming in the background. That would uh, be a I, one U.S. Marine band there. That's the I, Marine Corps band. Absolutely love it. I think it's a nice touch and... Hats off to all of our incredible veterans. Thank you so much for allowing JC Phil and myself to be able to sit here and do this every day. If it wasn't for you, we couldn't. We'd probably be speaking Chinese. And uh, well, I'll just stop there. Long time. So all of y'all not have very well up, allowed us to do what we do. Thank you <laughs> very much. Mandarin Here's or Cantonese. <laughs> Tonight at ten forty five on Fox Sports One, Wyoming, and UNLV, the only reason we're picking this game is because I pull for the Pokes. And J.C. rides on the UNLV train, and he's uh, he's about to get bumped off because UNLV's going to get their rear ends kicked tonight. Go post. They whip them 100 to nothing. 100 to nothing, Wyoming wins. Go I'm
1: going to have
4: poach. to go with uh, Barry Odom's running Rebels.
1: Yeah.
3: You're
4: and the go-go
6: offense. Phil? And the go-go offense. <laughs> uh, give, give me Wyoming. Give me Wyoming.
3: All right. That's what I'm talking about, Phil. Well done. Checks in the mail. All right. Tomorrow at noon. Texas Tech is on the road to 16th ranked Kansas. It is sold out at David Booth Memorial Stadium. Kansas a four-point favorite. Phil,
6: what do you have? Oh, they're going to rock that booth. Give me Kansas Jayhawks. JC?
4: Rock Chalk Jayhawk.
3: Rock Chalk. Yeah, I, it's sold out. That means they'll win. That means they'll win. Kansas wins tomorrow and uh, – they're having a nice year. Hats off to them. Kentucky will host Alabama. In case you missed it earlier, Kentucky has won in this series twice. 1922 <laughs> and 1997. Both of them, though, were in Lexington. If you did miss that segment earlier, you missed exactly what it was like to live in America in 1922. We're not going to do it again, but we will pick the game. JC, who wins? It was it again?
6: Bama, Kentucky.
4: Oh, I was. My, my brain just? I was listening to the music. Going, where is this music? Okay, so uh, yeah, Bama wins. I think they cover the ten and a half or eleven, whatever they're getting.
6: Phil, yeah, I'm
3: sticking with yeah what I said yesterday. Bama's gonna Bama's gonna roll. I'm with you. I'm with both of you. I think it's a late cover, and then they win. Also at noon on ABC, it's a team named Clemson, or as they are commonly referred to around here, that team in the Upstate. 14.5-point favorites over Georgia Tech, a resurgence of sorts under Brent Key. Who wins, Phil?
6: Oh, I'm going to take Clemson to win, but Georgia Tech covers. JC?
4: I feel the same way. I mean, it's a bad matchup in terms of Georgia Tech's strength is really all offense. They don't have a good defense. Clemson's defense is elite, so I'm going to go with Clemson.
3: I'm going to take Georgia Tech in this ballgame. They've scored 91 points in the last two games, and I think they'll score 91 points tomorrow against Clemson, as a matter of fact.
6: Yeah.
4: All right. Yeah,
7: yeah,
3: yeah.
4: You guys ever seen Celebrity Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live? When JB yeah. says stuff like that, he reminds me of Will Ferrell playing Trebek. Yeah. The 91 points tomorrow. God, <laughs> yeah, shove it in your butt, Trebek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Remember Ferguson? The, oh the, the, yeah, Terry Ferguson.
3: <laughs>
4: <"Turned> Ferguson. Ferguson.
3: <laughs> Miami is at Florida State tomorrow at three thirty, following the Clemson game on ABC. This used to be a big matchup, not so much anymore. The Knolls are undefeated at nine and zero. Will they stay that way, Phil?
6: Uh, yeah. This is not you know nineteen ninety whatever. Florida State wins.
3: JC. <laughs>
4: Yeah, there'll be no wide right this game. I think, I think now look, Miami's kids are, you, you would think, would get up for this one. They didn't last year. They're going to be 45-3 at home. And they scrapped all over the bed against NC State last week. I don't know. I, I think the Knowles win probably by a couple touchdowns. It, I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if it were another, like, 45-3 shellacking.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida State's just better. They'll win. Uh, also, tomorrow, what could have been this year for Utah? They're still 18th in the nation on Fox, but they're nine-point dogs at Washington. I'll take the first one here. I like Washington at home. Phil?
6: Uh, no, give me Utah. Ooh, all right. You Utah for you. the road upset.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, Washington was living dangerously, but then went to Southern Cal one. They were very impressive. Uh, Utah's going to play a lot better defense than the Trojans, I'll tell you that, but I think I think Washington shook it off like Taylor Swift last week, so I think they'll win.
3: Close. Speaking of speaking of living dangerously, sweet Jesus, Oklahoma State, don't do this. Don't win Bedlam and then go on the road to UCF and cough it up. But the the you know those that write the spreads in these things think that that could happen. Why? Because they're only two and a half point favorites in Orlando. UCF has just one win in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma keeps Oklahoma State keeps winning they're going to get into the championship game are we looking at an upset JC who wins I'm going I'm, I'm on the Gus bus I mean wait that they they,
4: I, they disappointed me when they lost to them to West Virginia but I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on the Gus bus because I got a good friend that coaches there so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go UCF
6: upset in the making wow Phil Oh, same here. It's in the bounce house, man. You can't you can't fire a pistol accurately in a bounce house. You're gonna, you're gonna well get
3: run over by the bus. <laughs> I love that, but you're both wrong. I think Oklahoma State will run their way to victory,
7: and they will
3: win the game uh, because uh, they know how to run the football. And um, and 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 I like mullets better than I like bounce houses. All right, a couple of quick picks here. I'll, I'll start off. There's two of them: Duke at North Carolina, Florida at LSU. Uh, I've got LSU big over Florida, and I also have North Carolina winning over Duke by at least a couple of touchdowns. Phil?
6: Oh, let's see. Do, yeah, give me North Carolina. And what was the other one, LSU? and Florida at LSU, yeah. Florida at LSU. Yeah. Uh, Bull Tigers. Yeah. yeah. Those will be
4: my picks, too. But been, I'll just put a caveat in there.
3: Strange
4: stuff happens in the Florida LSU game.
3: I agree with that. Even yeah. when one's
4: down. You're not wrong. When one's down and one's up, uh, strange stuff happens. So, You're just, just keep that in mind.
3: Would something strange be happening in Fort Worth? Can TCU save their season? There are 12.5-point dogs at home over 7th-ranked Texas tomorrow night. It's 7.30 on ABC. JC.
4: Texas. Uh, they, these are the types of games Texas is winning this year against their in-state brother, and you know it's the Kansas' and Kansas States and Okie States teams like that that would scare me if I'm Texas right now. But uh, I think they'll handle business in Fort Worth.
6: I agree with you. I think they'll handle business, Phil. Same, same, Texas. Mm-hmm.
4: And, and Quinn Ewers is back this week too. So
3: you know who else is back? I don't know, but Southern she- Cal needs Slim somebody Shady? back on defense because they're seven and three and they can't stop anybody. The over/under in this game at Oregon is, oh, 76-and-a-half. Oregon can play defense, though. They're 15-and-a-half point favorites, and they will win by at least 15-and-a-half. I've got Oregon at home over the Trojans tomorrow night. How about you, JC? I think they blow them out. I
4: think it'll be a classic down-to-the-wire game. Caleb Williams will actually show up and play really well, um, but uh, it's in outson. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Oregon definitely will win the football game. Jordan but, Birch,
3: so. five sacks tomorrow night. Jordan Birch, five sacks tomorrow night. you got Jordan Birch versus Marshawn Lloyd, the Gamecock game in outson
6: Yeah, give me uh, give me the ducks over the the painted nails. All right. Yeah,
3: Birch sure. and Lloyd. Boy, ten thirty tomorrow night on Fox. Look at Caleb
4: Williams, like, whatever, Marilyn Manson. Right, yeah. The beautiful
6: people, the beautiful
3: people. And finally, Michigan is at Penn State. 3-10 matchup tomorrow at noon. Nobody knows what to think now because we could have a suspension of Jim Harbaugh, but nothing has been announced by the league, but it could be at any point in time. Michigan's a a four-and-a-half point favorite. I'll take the lead on this one. I've got Michigan winning regardless on the road. But if if Harbaugh is suspended, I could see where this thing could go wonky, wonky in a hurry. But I'm going to take Michigan. JC,
4: man, I've been riding or dying with Penn State this year. Give me Penn State,
3: Bill.
6: I picked Michigan yesterday. Going to stick with it. Although you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't really care about the Harbaugh thing. I just not I'm not believing James Franklin right now. Just can't get behind it. Let me down. And I'm out.
3: Fair enough. <laughs> How about Tennessee or Missouri? Who are you behind in this one? Tennessee now a two point favorite at three thirty tomorrow on CBS from Columbia, Missouri. I
4: think Tennessee? I think of the I think of the Fab Five. I picked Missouri, but I read today Luther Burden maybe out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go against my former pick, and because we don't keep standings on this one anyway, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I've changed my mind and think Tennessee will win.
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Rocky Top.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I took Tennessee yesterday. I'm not coming off of that. I think that uh, Tennessee will get it done. This one here is going to be fun. Ole Miss in Georgia tomorrow night at uh, 7 o'clock on ESPN from Sanford Stadium. Guys, uh, Georgia is an 11 point favorite. I'm not buying it. Whoa, really? Mm-hmm. Bill, I think no, Georgia wins,
6: but they you think Georgia wins.
3: Yeah, they, don't, they cover. don't
6: cover. Nah, I got I got the dogs rolling to a to a cover. Mm-hmm. It's a two touchdown game in Sanford Stadium. Did Is you? that
4: light at eleven now?
6: Yeah. Yeah, it's moving up again. At the give late old money,
4: I think Ole Miss to cover. <laughs> <I> <laughs>
3: And finally, tomorrow, Williams-Price, Carolina looking for two in a row, first time since last November. November's been kind to the Gamecocks the last couple of years, and they're hoping it's even kinder this year with four straight victories. This will be number two in that line if they can get it. Uh, Phil? Oh,
6: listen, we we we. Chewed our nails off during the last game, but I don't believe that's going to happen. I think all this narrative that we've been trying to put out there that Vandy's worse than Jacksonville State is going to be glaringly apparent, and this is this game's over by the third quarter.
4: I think Carolina will win, but then inevitably something will happen to make the score ugly. If yeah. that makes any sense, I think yeah. Carolina's going to win like thirty to nineteen. They won't cover, you know. That's, that is really yeah, no. just
3: not a bad thought. It,
4: it, it, it'll yeah. be like 30 to 10, and then somebody will get a safety, and then they'll return the free kick for a touchdown, you know. And right. it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, man.
6: Therondale <laughs> well, will have one explosive play in the fourth quarter to, <laughs> to blow the cover.
3: <laughs> I'm going yeah. to be on the positive side of this and offend all the negative Nellies who can't stand it when people are happy in their lives and being positive about things. I think South Carolina will play well tomorrow, even in a tough day with weather. They'll probably get a couple of turnovers, and I think that they'll walk out of this thing winning by at least three scores. Gamecocks win. Wildcats on deck. That is it. That is all. And that right there is Eric Church. He will send us out and send us home. Don't forget your chicken cock and your Dixie vodka as the weekend is ready roll thanks
1: to G.A. Mangus word. and
3: Michael Flint for joining us today and all of our wonderful guests this week we'll be back at 11 on Monday morning John Whittle will lead it off Pat DeMarco of course will join us as well Matt Dog Schubert well done my man well done good to see all of you all and right. have a wonderful weekend most importantly veterans from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much for what you do amen enjoy this weekend is for you go Gamecocks see you next week